Welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, a place where you don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network or go to michaeldeacon.com for any episode you might have missed. Joining me tonight is Peter Kling, considered as the Einstein of biblical prophecy. Peter Kling combined his scientific and religious knowledge together to uncover the mystery that religion has tried to keep hidden for over 2,000 years. He is the author of Letters to Earth, You Can Survive Armageddon and Letters to Earth. The future is yours. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Hello to those on the live stream right now and, of course, our friends on YouTube. If you missed the last show, that was with Mr. Robert Vandenbroek. You can catch that replay over at michaeldeacon.com. Now, in a moment, Mr. Peter Kling joins me. Don't forget, after the interview, I'll be returning to take some of your calls and, of course, answer some of your emails. Now, enough of that. Let's get down to brass tacks. And there we are. Peter, how's it going? Very good, Michael. How are you? I'm fine. I can't really complain. Always a great time to talk to you here, Peter. Well, thank you. How are you, by the way? How's your health these days? Are you doing okay? Excellently. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, very, very rarely do I ever get, you know, ill. Do I ever fall ill and hardly ever get the flu? Very rarely get sick. Usually it's some sort of an attack somewhere or something breaks right. or gets broken. But uh that's basically it. But uh I, I'm in a fairly safe place. I, I don't venture far. I, I enjoy life every day. So it, life's, life's great. Very nice. And yes, we, we've got a lot to discuss here tonight. But before we do... Before we get into some of the fun, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Peter, since there will be New Year's listening in? Oh, well, boy, we do a whole show on that, but it's not about me. It's about the, the world around us. Right. Uh, how I actually got to this point is, is quite bizarre. Uh, I've got a, I found out two years ago that my family has a long history in this, so, we actually helped start the Reformation against the church. Friend, my friend, my family was friends with Martin Luther back in the early days, and they all denounced the church together. And for that, the church declared war on us, basically, and chased us, hunted us down, and murdered us until the Napoleonic Wars kind of put an end to that. But the strange thing is, I never, I, as I said, I found this out two years ago, and right. my life has been encompassed with this sense very early childhood, I was taught scripture, prophecy, and biblical history from the age before I was five. Uh, I've got a fantastic 
memory and concept for it. But I had something happen at the age of nine. I got to see the future in a dream. I dreamt the future, and then I lived it. And that spiritual door was shut off when I tried to find out how that was possible. So I went down the scientific path and I and started studying chemistry at the age of 10. And finally put them both together around 1980 and figured out that the scriptures are actually a lot more scientific than what we know. Uh, in 1980, I changed the Bible. Uh, and I'm going to explain how. Not that I changed the words, but changed how we look at it. <laughs> Genesis, the second chapter, the 21st through the 23rd verse, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'm going to create a helper for him. So he causes a sleep to fall over the man. He opens up the flesh, removes the rib, closes the flesh, and proceeds to make a woman from the rib. And then he proceeds to bring the woman before the man. And the man says, at last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one was taken from man. I shall call her a woman. And this is a record of genetic engineering. So now who are, the, who are the genetic engineers? Now we get to start to ask a whole different set of questions on the scriptures because guess what? Holy mystery solved. I didn't become a, a minister. I became a scientist. And in science, there is no mystery. Interestingly enough, Thomas Jefferson, who essentially created the United States or many of its laws anyway, was a theist, which means he believed in an almighty God, but he didn't believe in miracles. Interesting. He right. actually cut all the, quote, miracles out of his Bible, literally. Yes. So he, he's the only man that I know that truly has a holy Bible. <laughs> right. And and one question that always seems to come up here, especially for those who are new, um, people wanted to know what does it mean to be the Einstein of biblical prophecy? Well, basically what I, what I did was take my scientific knowledge and combine it with my biblical knowledge. I was educated in the scriptures for 15 years, free of dogma and doctrine. I never, I was told from my earliest days, never get involved in earth politics or religion. Right? I was told religion was a sham. Now imagine this. You, you're learning the Bible. Of course, you don't know any better. You're learning the Bible and you're, you're being told that religion, religion is a sham. Never get involved in it. Interesting. So, you know, the, the, the words that were, that when I go back 500 years when the Reformation took place, it wasn't to have a whole bunch of new religions. That there was the, the 98 thesis of Martin Luther and he was exposing the lies of the church. All the lies of the church he exposed. So these are all lies. Of course, then all the other religions popped up, all the, the, quote, Protestant and Lutheran and Calvinists and different groups, right down to the pilgrims and Puritans and those who helped settle this, this fine country of ours. So they all came, they all were different fractionated parts. As a matter of fact, Christendom is fractionated in, in over 30,000 different sects. How do you take the words of one man, of one man, uh, a God man, which we truly are, and fractionate his words 30,000 different ways? You see, that that's insane. But when we use science to start to unravel what's written within the scripture, we get a whole different picture. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the Bible becomes 6,000 years of alien intervention in human affairs. Think about that. So, you know, we continue to ask who are the genetic engineers. And then we look around at our world. So it's, 
you know, the, the Einstein of biblical prophecy is being able to take the biblical, the, the biblical prophecy and, and apply scientific fact to it. So we can gain some knowledge or some comprehension of what is truly going on. You want to talk about heaven and earth? Interesting, there are two different numbers that are given. Seven is God's number and ten is man's number, or earthly completeness. Now, now it wasn't until uh, the late 1990s that uh, we, we found out about string theory. And string theory, besides the fact that it says all energy is made out of tiny particles of string on a subatomic level, and that string is actually made of the God particle. Interesting. Right. Uh, and we'll tie that in. But uh, all of that is where it starts off. And so now when we look at it on what it says, according to the mathematics, it says that uh, we live not in a three-dimensional physical world, but the dimensions in which we live in are dimensions 8, 9, and 10. And in order for us to exist, there needs to be at least seven other dimensions, spatial planes that have to be there, because without them, we couldn't be here. Hence, they had to exist before we came into existence, or we all had to come into existence together. And then there's the 11th dimension of time, which is a variable across time and space. <laughs> you know, you, time is the greatest variable of them all. It's a, it's a dimension without dimension, basically, if you can quite comprehend that. Right. And, Peter, going back in time here, when did all of this really begin for you in terms of uh, seeing how these things are really coming into play, where finally you kind of had that, I guess you could say that epiphany in your head, where these things turned out to be real to you. Well, it got real to me when, back when I was nine years old, 1965, it was in October, when I had a dream, and then about a week later, that dream literally came true and mm. scared the heck out of a little nine-year-old child. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Or, I, I was taking the, the family dog for a walk. And you gotta remember, this is 1965. It was about, oh, quarter after nine o'clock at night. It was my job to walk the dog. The dog was a trained attack dog. My dad had a business. And, and so it was my job to walk. And before he went in, went on guard. And, and then, you know, I went to bed. So anyway, this one, I had this dream that I was walking the dog. And on the way home, I see these three men. Now, this is October, it's, and it's just before Halloween. I believe the actual night was the 29th. So these guys are probably going to some sort of a costume party. But in my dream, this is what I saw. And in reality, it's what I saw. I saw three men. One, one looked like one of Robin Hood's merry men. The other one looked like a hippie with a poncho blown out you know, blue jeans at the knees and was wearing sandals. And the third one looked like Jack Frost, stove. Uh, pipe hat, red scarf, had a black cape, white shirt, shiny shoes, and, and I could still still see these guys, you know, in my own mind's eye. Right. The only thing that was different from the from the reality uh, and and the dream that I had is that I was standing on the other side of the road as I was crossing the, the street, and there was just just one small little street light there because it was just a, a side street. Uh, I could see these figures walking up out of the shadow. And here I, I've got this huge German shepherd, and I'm, I'm watching these guys in disbelief, and, and I'm holding on to, to his chain for dear life, and I'm telling, I tell the dog that these, watch out, these are bad men. But I didn't tell him to attack or anything, just to watch them. And we both watched them just walk past and off into the night darkness, and then I ran home. <laughs> 
I ran home two blocks, ran up the stairs, all out of breath. My mother was washing dishes, and I ran up to her. I said, Ma, Ma, I just had a dream that came true. And she said, that's nice, dear. It's time for you to go to bed. And I was like, you know, I just had the most fantastic <laughs> thing in my life ever to have happen. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, so that created, that was an epiphany. But it created a paradox. Think about this: a nine-year-old kid with a, you know, with living in a, in a paradox. And at this point, I had already had five years of biblical knowledge. I knew all about uh, Samuel and how he went to uh, was given to the the uh, temple at the age of five, and how Yahweh started using him at the age of eight, and how he started prophesying. I was like, no, wait a minute, I'm just a kid. This can't be happening to me. But so was Samuel. But it only it, it was like just that one time. And it made me ask so many questions. And because my mother wouldn't listen to me, I turned to science. And so I, I made, I started in chemistry and biology. They were my majors. And I, I didn't, as I said, I didn't become a, a minister. I became a scientist. I worked in one of the greatest uh, research and development labs in the United States. And, and it was just one day I was actually reading the book of Job. And, and it, uh, God's asking Job, have you seen my storehouses of snow and ice, which I have saved for the day of distress and war? And I was literally in the middle of an experiment. I was waiting for to, waiting for the whole thing to cool down. And I, I was thinking, what would Job know of snow, snow and ice? And so I, I had learned to meditate. Here's the key. I had learned to meditate using the, the Edgar Casey method. I was actually, uh, and I don't mind plugging these people. They're great people. I learned a lot. It's, it, it's now the Silva Ultramind method. But it was developed by Jose Silva based on scientific research and what Edgar Casey was able to do. Edgar Casey said, everybody could do this. Look into the life of Edgar Casey. How did he do it? And so it's, an, it's just a matter of controlling our, our consciousness, really, but more so our brain. And our brain is segmented into really, I guess, five, six patterns the way that we think we, we prefer to think in uh, in one, we prefer to be in alpha. Alpha is a state that we feel relaxed. We feel, we feel love in alpha. And don't we all want to be loved, feel love and, you know, make, is, as long as we're feeling loved, we're, we're generally happy. Correct. Yeah. So we like that. Uh, beta is where the fight and flight response is. That our brain vibrates above 12 hertz per second up to about, well, somewhere around 35. And we're pretty much ready for anything. If you're, you're in a firefight or something or you, you know, you're facing a gang or, you know, having an outright fight even with your spouse, you're gonna be in beta. There's no doubt about that. And then above beta, there's gamma, and gamma is panic mode, and people pass out in gamma because both hemispheres of the brain are firing off at the same time. And that's harmful. You can't do it too long. Uh, but the other way, you know, and everything is getting, is really physical in, in beta and gamma. But the other way, when our brains slow down, and I'm talking about the vibrations per second, our consciousness becomes more aware. In alpha, we daydream. We think, you know, if you're going to go away on vacation or holiday somewhere, you'll start thinking about it. Where do I want to go? 
and then you'll probably get online and look at pictures of different places and you'll start daydreaming. Oh, wow, that beach is so nice. I can see myself right there in a hammock or just laying on the beach, drinking a pina colada. And, you know, you smell this before you know it, you smell this all there. You, you, you hear the seagulls and people walking by and, you know, it's like you can start smelling everything and hearing everything and seeing everything right in your own mind's eye. You see, and the, the deeper we go and the more creative we get into that, we actually can go into then theta. And in theta, our brain slows down to, from uh, uh, 8 to 4 hertz per second. And the laws of the third dimension no longer apply. So we can literally put our, our consciousness at any place in time and space, whether forward or backward in history, any dimension uh, in any universe that may exist. The only thing is, uh, as they say, Peter Rabbit shouldn't go playing in Farmer McGregor's <laughs> garden if he doesn't know what he's doing. Correct. And, of course, so, certain brain frequencies can cause irritation as well, even used as a weapon. Yes, and as a matter of fact, the more you understand or comprehend what's going on at this, uh, the, the more you'll actually be able to defend against it. And I'll give you a practical example. Uh, below theta, you, you're in delta, and you're either in a coma, deep sleep. Uh, delta is where we have uh, lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences. Uh, you can't tell if it's the real deal or if it's just a memory implant in Delta. Fun times. That's the, that's the great part. Mm -hmm. So that's how consciousness we can become aware. And we are not limited to the third dimension or this place and time right here. So there's a scientific explanation on how our brains actually work. And as we slow those cycles down, we become more consciously aware. Nowhere in the Bible does it teach you that. It says pray. But, you know, when we start to pray, guess what? We go automatically go into alpha and then from alpha into the theta. So usually you don't stay too conscious. If you get down to delta, you fall asleep. It's, it's difficult to meditate in delta. Correct. But delta is great. Um, so everything is designed around us being in alpha. And even when we go back to the scriptures, when Eve was created, they were in alpha. It says they were naked. Now, it wasn't until they ate this, quote, fruit that they were aware that they were naked and they covered themselves. They were embarrassed. And now, now when we're making love, we want to be as naked as possible. <laughs> right. And when we're done, uh, okay, we're not in Alpha anymore. We're not feeling all that loving. Uh, let's put some clothes on and, and go do what we have to do. Uh, but then when they heard the voice of God, they became afraid. A clear beta response. They became afraid and they took flight and hid themselves. So how did they go from beta? They ate this fruit and then into alpha. That there's a whole, we do a whole show on this fruit because it's, it has right, it goes right back to genetic engineering. Who genetically engineered the fruit? Who was the oh, genetic yes. engineers of earth and, and so forth? It goes. And it's the same people who mm -hmm. are controlling the earth today. It goes. The same people, the same entities. Right. And it goes rather deep. And of course, Peter, I, I do want to get your uh, thoughts and opinions on these next couple of things here. But as you know, Peter, not so long ago, there was a situation in Florida. And, of course, today there was a march. And I did want to get your opinion on, on the whole latest on the shooting that happened in Florida. Yeah, don't give up your guns. Uh, here's the thing. More than, more than likely, uh, well, we, we know this was a false flag attack. However, those stand-down orders to the local sheriff's department 
Why didn't they go in? Why was the FBI there? Why did, why was CNN news there right on schedule? Why did they have a drill earlier in the morning? Why haven't we seen a whole lot of videos for, from kids that were at school who had, how many kids have, have smartphones that they take to school? Everyone. Why aren't there a hundred yeah. smartphone videos of what's going on? Why haven't we seen any videos? Cause there's gotta be video footage in schools. They've gotta have cameras in the school. Yeah, I'm Why curious haven't to we see seen that. any of that. Why was there a teacher saying that she saw one of the shooters dressed in full tactical body armor? Why was another student talking to the alleged shooter while shooting was still going on? Why was he picked up blocks away much later on, uh, just like he would be walking around in a normal day? Uh, why were uh, several people reporting being hit with bullets and being shot and, se- and several different shooters being online uh, in the school? Uh, probably a total of three. So now who would they get to go shoot up a school? Uh, any number of the ABC company people. And here's the thing. Whoever shot up the school was absolute was absolutely trained at the highest levels to go in and shoot up a school uh, to, to to take care of a black ops deal. But regardless of who they may have been, private contractors, ABC workers, part of the Delta Force doesn't really make any difference. I can guarantee you that they have no memory of what they did. It's a really strange situation. It seems like these shootings are almost the new normal. Of course, there was another shooting in Maryland. Uh, two teenagers he, shot by a. I guess yeah, a classmate, you, possibly in a relationship with the shooter, which happened you know, to be the you're case. You're going to start to have copycat right. shootings. You, you go back, and I'll tell you, the whole thing with Reno, and the whole thing in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas massacre. Yeah. Somebody said somebody said this. It was like a couple of days later. They said, you could have gone there the next day, and you couldn't find a drop of blood. And then somebody started posting smartphone videos of people who were actually uh in the crowd. Now now here again you got a thousand people in the crowd and, and nobody's got a smartphone phone video going up on Facebook. And and, and one guy, you know, the, everybody hits the deck to begin with and and then points you hear somebody say yell out, it's the sound system, it's the sound system and then somebody else is like, it's just a recording. Nobody's really shooting. It's not real bullets. And then somebody else stands up and spreads their arms while other people are still laying on the ground, and he's yelling out, it's not real gunfire, and it shows other people just walking away casually, and what do they do? They turn it into a mass shooting. So, so now, you know, we don't know what to believe anymore, but the whole thing is designed for a gun grab, that's and that's it. Like. So, so now I'm going to listen to my kids, who are a bunch of snowflakes, who don't know I was gonna gotta use an old euphemism, but who 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 don't know where the sun shines. Uh they, they keep their heads buried in smartphones. They've been politicized and they all have their moment in glory. My kid's gonna tell me what to do. What is it? What what is my name? Homer Simpson? Come on. <laughs> yes, it, it seems like everybody wants to point the finger at someone. I, I don't exactly know what's uh gonna happen. It seems like I said, this is like almost the new normal here in America. Where we have this reoccurring issue, some well, yeah, some yeah, people and, blame. And see, this is all mm-hmm. part of the deep state. It's all part of give up your guns. Oh, the poor children were killed. They were massacred. Well, who massacred them? The same people who want you to give up your guns. Here's here's a fact. You go right back to scripture. 
And when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter drew his sword and he lopped off the ear of the high priest and, and Jesus reprimanded him and he said, uh, as he put the ear back on, he said, those who live by the sword shall die by the sword. However, hours earlier before they left to go up to the garden, he said, and this was after the after the the Passover and after he held his the the, memori- uh, the uh, his uh, contract with his faithful eleven disciples, which is now the memorial of Christ or the, the evening known as the evening meal, the Last Supper, so to speak, uh, which is coming up. It's actually uh, next Friday, uh, a, a day a, a day of the year that very few people pay attention to that the Last Supper of Christ. Uh, but it was at that, before they left, he asked his faithful 11 uh, apostles there, who has a sword? And uh, the, there was two, obviously. Peter had one, and somebody else in the crowd had another one. And uh, they said, should we go procure one? And he said, no, two is enough. He said, but when I'm gone, anybody who doesn't have a sword... Let them sell their outer garment and get one. Now, why would Jesus, and it goes on and explains, but Jesus gave the advice to have a sword. But he said, hey, you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So it was something that we should have for protection. Now, whether you want to own a gun or not, it's up to yourself. I don't own a gun. I do. Uh, Yeah, and and like I said, that's up to yourself. Here's the thing. I, I, I may not agree with you. But I'll fight for the right for you to have your your opinion. Right. Absolutely. Understood. And the Constitution gives Americans the right to own guns. Don't give up your rights. Don't listen to a bunch of kids that have been politicized and are are seeing their 15 minutes of glory along with this along with a bunch of child actors telling you to give up your guns. Oh, please, mommy, don't shoot. Don't don't keep your gun. Give it up. Come on. Slap that kid, teach him how to shoot, and teach him how to become a real man. By the way, that, or a woman. By the way, that reminds me of um, one of the kids involved. That, of course, is that David Hogg and his parents. So what do you make of those two? He's an actor. Uh, uh, the people have sussed him out. He graduated from a high school in California, and his dad has allegedly worked with the FBI either as a private contractor or directly for the FBI. So... Come on, it, it's all staged. Yeah, there's also that Emma Gonzalez, I believe, that other student rallying for gun control. Obviously, their parents are in their heads, I, I believe, being the main uh, influence here. How does anybody Just get my on guess. TV? You, you, you have to be spouting. You know, I'm going I'm to give you. <laughs> Go ahead. There's a video out on YouTube that I put out, I don't know, around 2010, 2011. It was after I wrote Letters to Earth. The future is yours. Oh, we, we did a name, a name grade, uh, upgrade. It was the Letters to, to Earth. You can survive Armageddon. Now it's a little bit too dark. But anyway. I, I like that name though. It's still good. Survive Armageddon? Yeah, it drives the message. Yeah, well, it, I, I've thought about it both ways. I'm going to have to come out with another, I'm going to have to write another book here and send one final message. One shot across the bow. Yeah. But, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Here's the thing. There is a YouTube video out there, and so it's dated. But I originally did the YouTube video and sent a copy of the book to the History Channel. This is, uh, like I said, 2010. I think it was 2010. Mm. Well, I changed, as I mentioned, I changed publishers in uh, 2016. This was June of 2016. I had already started our off-the-grid project. 
And uh, I get a message from my publisher. You got to give me a call. I got some fantastic news. So I call him up. And uh, he, he said, he, he answers the phone. He says, they know who you are. They know who you are. And I'm like, okay, which day? And yeah. he says, I, so I, I said, well, I asked him, which day? Because I know they know who I am. I, I kicked them square in the nuts, <laughs> uh, uh, all of them. But he, he said, I called up, uh, I talked to the, the president of the history, who produced the History Channel, and I said, you, you got, I got the perfect person for you, the author of Letters to Earth. And he said, you mean Peter Kling? And then I proceeded to tell him, yeah, I sent a copy of Letters to Earth to the History Channel back then, and it literally changed their about 40% of their programming. However, have you ever seen me on one of their programs? No, I don't think so. No, no. As a matter of fact, I was uh, in 2015, uh, I was offered a, a position to be part of a, a group that, you know, UFO, uh, paranormal mm. hunters. One, one of those shows. Yeah, one of those shows. And you weren't had, there. And I wasn't there. Oh, I, I got the congratulatory letter. I was like, hey, you're part of the team. But it went on and on and on. And then there was the death line. We just have to get you uh, approved by the network heads. Oh, boy. So, yeah, that was the death. They'll never heard back from them again. They probably got their butts framed out. But it was because of what I wrote in Letters to Earth. You see, I, I hit them so hard. Like I said, I kicked them in the nuts. You probably uh, did. Yeah, my, my first, my first public appearance was at the UBC Theater in, uh, right in New York City. Do you know anything about the UBC Theater? I don't think I do, to be honest with you. It, it, it is the original underground theater back from the beatnik days. That there, there are so many groups that went to Hollywood and became famous out of the, out of the, uh, uh, out of the UBC theater. And the co-host for the show, I can't, I forget Ken's last name, but the, and I forgot both of their names. I should have looked it up before the show, but I wasn't planning on talking about this. The, the, the other co-host was the same guy who produced the TV show Monk. So I'm, I'm sitting down with, with, with two Ashkenazi Jews and I, and chapters 10 and 11 in Letters to Earth exposed the whole plan oh i see where this is going yeah yeah as a matter it, it exposed the whole plan as a matter of fact letters to earth has, has been uh read by some of the most powerful people on this planet and i experienced that the hard way so we can let that go but yeah this is all this is all a a show what we're seeing with this all these false flags I go back to the boston bombing uh I watch. You want to. You want to know whatever the propaganda is. Go right to CNN. But interestingly enough, as soon as the Boston bombing happened, one of the people that they were interviewing was uh, the director of physical education, I believe, from the state of Maryland University. We forgot which which actual university it was, but uh, it's from Maryland. And he said, "Well, they." When I ran through that area, there there were men on loud uh, on bullhorns saying that they were getting ready to conduct a drill. What? Okay, this is just just a drill. This is just a drill, and kaboom! Now it's a drill gone live in which almost every law enforcement agency in the United States is involved in doing a, a uh, putting the whole town or the whole city of of Boston under lockdown, martial law, doing house to, illegal house-to-house -house searches, looking for uh, an 18-year-old wounded kid? Come on. Come on. 
This is just a drill announced right on CNN. And, you know, I was looking at one of the store windows where, uh, you know, that are allegedly blown out in this explosion. Now, if there was an explosion on the street, which way would the glass blow? It would blow into the store, wouldn't it? Because you'd have that pressure wave pushing back. Yeah. Well, well, all the glass was blowing out on the street. I don't quite understand that. So, you know, you, you, you see all this glass on the street, but the, you know, the way the picture is, you see that there's nothing blowing into the store. It's like, oh, come on. You guys couldn't even do this right. So it, it's all staged. Everything that we are seeing is put together for your entertainment purposes. By the way, Peter, do you think every, every shooting is a false flag or do you think there's some that are legit? Let me go back to Columbine High School. Columbine may have been legit shooters, although there are people mm-hmm. that question that. Sandy Hook, more than likely, nobody got killed at Sandy Hook. I think Columbine might be legit, however, out of yeah, all of these, yeah, because we, yeah, we actually had footage of it. So that's, yeah. that kind of solidifies it for me. You know, here's the thing with Sandy Hook. That school wasn't even active. That school was already shut down. Uh, I went online and... and as soon as that shooting, as soon as I could get online after that shooting, we hit the news. Uh, I went to Google Maps and I went and I found that, found that school. There wasn't a car there. There was nobody there. No cars, no buses, no people, no signs of activity at all. And you could say, okay, well, it was a Saturday or Sunday that that picture was taken. Okay, I can buy that. Except the school about three blocks away had school buses, people, and cars at it. The only thing that you could see from from the satellite image of the school at Sandy Hook is that it had a very disrepaired parking area. It, it was all patched up. Uh, it was an abandoned school. They were going to tear it down. They they used it for a staged attack. You know, I'm sure you might still be able to see the pictures. Go go look at it. Yeah, I believe uh, Mr. James Fetzer had put out a book uh, titled "Nobody Died at Sandy Hook." If anyone's curious about this, you could. Read that for yourself. It it goes pretty deep into all sorts of things. Um, and again, they said it was an AK-47. But one of the pictures from the Sandy Hook shooting, they're showing, oh, this is the gun that we took from Adam, whatever his name was there. And, and it's clearly a pump shotgun. It's like, uh, and then then you listen to the, nothing matched up there. No, they didn't get this story right. It was just, it was just all cock and bull. However, in Florida, different story. Different story, because you have kids that did have, did get their uh, smartphone messages out, and were saying that people were got got shot, and teachers that did claim that they got got shot, and re- were reporting seeing the shooters in body armor, not some kid with a an AK-47, people in body armor. Come on, it's pretty wild though, just to imagine that all these shootings would be a regular thing. I know I keep going back to that, but it it still just blows my mind. Well, if you want a nation to give up their guns, what do you do? If you if you're going to advertise on on any media, you just throw one advertisement out there and say, okay, well that's it, I blew my load. No, <laughs> right. you you see or hear those advertisements every day on the radio. Buy this, buy that, drink this, drink that, eat this, eat that, and it's over and over and over and over. I I, I listen to to one particular radio station because it's got a lot of right-wing talking heads, at least they get some of the information right. And it's interesting that, you know, I, I do my own research, but I listen to them and it's like, yeah, they ain't telling you a lot of the stuff. And the stuff that they're telling you now, we knew at least two years ago. Two years ago, I started my own radio station. Well, I was talked into doing it. 
uh, and my co-host, we we did this two years ago. It's the final countdown. I remember. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're we're back on the air Tuesday. Tuesdays at seven o'clock. We got a little bit better time slot. Oh, you're back. So yep, seven o'clock Eastern time on the LNM Radio Network. Ah, Uh, okay. And and two years ago. at the last show, my co-host said, do you remember two years ago, you said that Trump was going to be elected and that all this was going to be exposed? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. He's been roughly in there for, what, 13, 14 months now, I think, on the job. Um, where would you grade President Trump? Hysterical. You know what? I, was... I, I give him a rating <laughs> of hysterical. Well, you know, I, I can't, I cannot disagree with you. Um, and first and foremost, I must, I must uh, admit this to you and everyone out there. I'm not, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not, I'm, I don't have any political affiliation. I, I simply am entertained by the whole political spectrum. I, I do not recall a time where, where it was ever like this in my, in my opinion. It's been fascinating to sit back and watch. Absolutely. And as I said, from my earliest days, I was told, no, don't get involved in earth politics or religion. And there's a reason why it's actually, I do actually hold a, all, um, my kingdom is no part of this world. Right. Uh, uh, I'm an ambassador to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so when you take that position, you're no longer, uh, uh, you know, you're visiting here now. You're not part of this. You're an ambassador here, and so you can't get involved in the local situation other than report what's going on. Right. <laughs> of course. But, yeah, that's why I think Trump is hysterical. And, and here's the thing. He's, I, as I said, and I also said it doesn't matter who, who gets, I, although I did predict Trump, I, I predicted Trump would win from the day that he announced his presidency, and I said the military was backing him. And uh, right on both accounts. <laughs> It seems like it, yeah. Yeah, um, and the reason why I knew the military was backing him is because he was the only candidate that stood in front of the military flag, the naval flag, the one with the fringe and and the tassels, when he announced his presidency. I saw that. I was like, aha, and everybody standing in front of a regular flag. Interesting. Okay. That That told me something loud and clear. Yes, and what do you make of the ongoing uh, scandal with with the porn star Stormy Daniels? Apparently, she... uh, c- c- come, you know. Look, first, I'm going to say this. Go ahead. European women have a much different view of men that, than American women. Okay? That's true. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Ukraine. I know a little bit about this firsthand. I, I've I've seen it firsthand. They have a totally different view of sexuality than we do here. And over there, as long as you're taking care of your family, your wife, kids, as long as they don't need anything, men over there have as many mistresses as they want. And and women expect that. As long as they're being taken care of, they're happy. Now, it's not to say that, that they don't take care of their wives as well. It's just a different social acceptance. That's all, that's all there is. So now Trump marries a woman from, from, uh, East Europe, who's been brought up with this basic idea. Correct. Yes. Okay. And, and now you've got one of the richest, most powerful men in America, uh, be, before all these scandals broke, probably had, I've got a friend out in California. She goes, I'd sleep with Trump. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Well, you know, how many other women right. would, would just love the opportunity? And now I bet you if you would, if you slept with Trump, 
the DNC would love to know about it. They will pay you handsomely for your story to be aired. Yeah, and I believe there will be one tomorrow. Uh, Stormy Daniels will be giving an interview on 60 Minutes, I believe, with uh, I think it's Anderson Cooper, I believe, who conducted you know, that one. You know, do I really care? No, that's none of my it's damn not, business. That's none of our I business. Care, I, I cared more that there was a transvestite in the, in the, in the, in the White House uh, and, and uh, a homosexual president, and not so much that they were transvestite and homosexual, but the fact that they pulled the hoax, the greatest hoax ever on, on middle America. <laughs> I'm sure we've had a, a homosexual president in the past. I'm sure we've had plenty of atheists in there, and I'm sure we've had people claim to be a Christian when they're not. Uh, I'm sure we've had all these things. Uh, people who, unless you're a spiritual Christian, you know, if you're somebody who's counting off beads and, and bowing before idols, uh, get out of her, my people, if you do not want to share in her sins. That's from Revelation, the 18th chapter. Get out of Babylon the Great. Here's, he, a lot of people want to know, where did this deep state come from? Uh, I'm going to explain this real, real quick. Um, how much time do we have anyway? We got plenty of time. It's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, let's go back to 2015 right. real fast. Okay. okay. 2015, we, we saw two heads of state standing in, uh, at the Capitol telling you at the U.S. Congress what to do. The first head of state, probably not a whole lot of people paid attention to, was Benjamin Netanyahu. It was around the end of March. Uh, he got to speak before both houses of Congress. Uh, the second person, now, you know, I question that is why is Netanyahu giving Congress their marching orders? Uh, but that wasn't their real marching orders. You see, he was just doing a little arm twisting because he was, he, he wanted to see an end to Iran. Anyway, uh, in September of 2015, at the end of the, uh, and people, we tend to forget this stuff. Now, we, we had, the blood, tetrad blood moons, four blood moons, all on Hebrew holidays, uh, also surrounded by four solar eclipses on, on, uh, important Hebrew dates as well. And, uh, the last one, which is on, which was on September, September 28th or 29th. Interestingly enough, most biblical scholars put Jesus' birth on September 29th. To, to BC, but the last tetrad blood moon, I believe, was on the 29th of September on uh, in 2015. Uh, that was the end of of the United Nations uh, meeting, that their final day, and they adopted the Pope's uh, post 2015 development agenda. Now we saw the Pope standing in the Capitol telling Congress exactly what he wanted them to do as far as his agenda went. And what did we see behind the Pope? John Boehner break down into tears and then resign his post, probably the only patriot in, in the Capitol at that time who didn't want to be any part of this. Okay, well, why is that so important? Well, we got to see the Pope standing in America's holy places. We got to see him stand in the Capitol, giving Congress their marching orders, and, and the Speaker of the House resigned. Think about that. We got to see him at the White House. We got to see him at Independence Hall, the place where the United States was founded. You know, remember the United States separation of, hello, church and state? Right. Yeah. So why are we seeing an illegal pope? Because by uh, Catholic canonical law, a Jesuit cannot hold the, the office of pope. So why are we seeing a false pope, a lawless pope, standing in America's holy places? You see, when I look at that, 
considering that the church declared war on my family basically 500 years ago, what I saw was uh, the fulfillment of Matthew, the 24th chapter, the 15th verse, where it says, when you see the disgusting thing which causes desolation, standing in a place where it ought not, then let those in the city start fleeing to the mountains. And so I left a, a metropolitan, a more metropolitan area, just on the edge of New York City metropolitan area. I had literally 20 million people out my front door, even though I lived in, in Pennsylvania at the time. I got out of there because things had gotten terribly bad after 2000, uh, after the 9-11 attack in 2001. And I, I literally headed for the mountains. I'm up in northern Maine now, northwestern, actually central western Maine, up in the mountains. Oh, that's where you're at. Yeah. Uh, still on the grid at this point, but not full on. Summer times, we're back on the on the off the grid project. And I'll tell you, I've never uh, felt so free as I have there. Well, I don't blame let's, you. But but let's go back to what we saw happening. So here sure. at the end of the Tetra Blood Moons, we see the thing which causes desolate, the disgusting thing which causes desolation, standing where it ought not. And this is a minor fulfillment here. This isn't the major one. Uh, and uh, we we see uh this Pope taking control of the capital. Now, uh, let's understand the deep state. Here we have the Pope standing, a legal Jesuit Pope. Who does the Pope command? Well, the Pope commands the cardinal class and then the rest of the hierarchy and laity, all down to the, you know, the local priest. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Here's my confession. Send it to the Pope because he's going to want to know about this one. Uh, you know, so they, it's the greatest get intelligence gathering agency on the planet. The other side of control is through the knights, especially the knights of Malta, knights which of have Malta. replaced, mm-hmm. yes, which have replaced the knights Templar. Now, if you know your history about the knights Templar, they became, from their inception, in 300 years, they became the second most powerful entity in all of Europe, next to the church itself. They controlled kings, as in King Philip the Fair, who bent his cousin the Pope's arm. I've got the, the Pope's name. Uh, but, but he, he got him to make the Knights uh, Templar illegal because they were taking everybody's wealth. King, King Philip the Fair owed him, <laughs> owed him more than he could afford to pay them. Uh, he was about ready to hand their kingdom over to them. And the Knights Templar are also credited with what? Oh, creating our banking, banking system. system. Right. Yes. So now here's the thing. Knights of Malta. Think back of medieval knights because that's what we're talking about. The knights reported to who? The king. The knights were given what? Jurisdictions where they ruled over who? The serfs and the peasants where they collected what? Taxes from them and food and wood and whatever else they took and they declared prima nocta so anybody who got married they got the first night with the bride and probably uh, whatever children they wanted to decorate their court with it and so forth and so on and we have the same thing with the Knights of Malta who do when they rise to positions of power and let's see what presidents were, were Knights of Malta which ones could have started to build the deep state let's see the strength. 36 years of Knights of Malta, Reagan, Bush Sr., Clinton, Bush Jr., and Obama. Obamination was controlled by the Knights of Malta. He's not an actual Knight of Malta. He had a letter of, of endorsement from the Knights of Malta. He was too busy doing his own thing, creating dissension 
And, and I knew from the day that he threw his hat in the ring that he was going to divide America because a black president can cause plenty of prejudice to rise in America, and nobody could ever accuse him of being racist because he was black. By the way, there's um, there's um, accusations about the Knights Templar. They were rumored to worship Baphomet. Do you believe that to be true? They all did. They still do. They still do. What did the church name, name their infrared telescope that they're looking for Nibiru with? Lucifer. Lucifer, right. Yeah. Look, look at the, the, the Pope's new throne room or the Pope's throne room there with that abomination, whatever's rising from what looks to be the flames of hell with dead souls behind it. But when you, you look at that room from a, from afar, it looks like you're looking into the face of a snake. That's a really strange room, by the way. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go online and who, look for it. I who, would, exact. who would design that? Satanists. <laughs> uh, Satanists, there's actually a video out there. Man, I started talking about this 10 years ago. I started talking about child sacrifice and going. I went down that rat hole. It's all coming together now, though. Yeah, absolutely. It, mm-hmm. it took less than 24 hours for somebody with very good credentials to, to send me a message and say, if you continue to go down this path, they will come, they will find you, and they will kill you. And I thought, you know what? Um, I think I'll avoid this. Now it's public knowledge. How does that happen? How do I get a death threat, and how does it how, become public knowledge? How did that later? happen? Right. Yeah, you see, so all this is being exposed. All this is being exposed, and that's what we're seeing, and that's what Trump is having a hand in. You see, we have all these Knights of Malta all reporting to the Pope, all building the deep state, all based, all under Jesuit control. The other side of the coin is that, oh, well, we also have Christians for Zionism. You see, there's the Protestant religions, and it's interesting, and I, I classify them all, non-Catholic, be essentially Protestant religions. There's the, third, the 30, over 30,000 different sects that I had mentioned earlier in the show. Interestingly enough, almost all of them that, that were developed during the, the 19th century, you know, all of these religions that, that came up, yeah. were all, all had, uh, were developed by Freemason ministers backed with Rothschild money, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, Episcopalian, uh, the Methodist, Jehovah's, well, used to, was the International Bible Students, now Jehovah's Witnesses, that they were all started by Freemasons with Rothschild money. Interesting. Create a lot of voices. Divide the truth. And then there is no more truth. And the truth is really simple. You know, a lot of people... You know, we're coming up on Easter here, which has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus' death. It's the worship of the goddess Ishtar, or Seriamis, the goddess of the earth, moon, and stars. You know, Earth Gaia, goddess of the earth. So when you're referring to Gaia, you're actually involved in Seriamis worship. For those people who believe the earth is flat, yeah, happy Anu worshippers. Uh, because Anu was the, the uh, Anunnaki head god over a domed flat earth, something that is physically impossible to be. But you guys believe what you want. We're not here to talk about flat earth. Oh, my goodness, the flat earth. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, go worship Anu. Do your thing. And, and people, they embrace flat earth like it's a religion and ignore the, the action. Go take physics 101. I, you know, I, I can't believe in 2018 people still think the earth is flat it's you ridiculous know, the, the earth tried to try to kill all of what we uh 
Oh, Michelangelo, or they were going to kill him because he said the, the earth was was round, wasn't it? And then Copernicus because he said that right. the earth was, was no, wasn't the center of Jeez. the universe. Preposterous. Exactly. It's preposterous. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and never a straight answer. They doctored all those photographs. Yeah, that, that's oh. the true litmus test, by the way. You just ask someone if they believe in the flatter theory, and that's when you know if you should ever consider taking them for anything they say after that. Yeah, and, and and then they refer to, oh, well, look at this rocket. It went up uh 17, was it 17 miles? Yeah, with a telephoto lens attached to it, which is going to make everything look flat anyway. Oh, my God. And it, and it went up how many miles on a, on a planet that's 26,000 miles in circumference? Oh, my God. Whatever, whatever. And when you, you know, something <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, something I really wasn't a big fan of was hollow earth. Right. Another theory. Yeah. Okay. But, but here's the thing. NASA, I, I you got to, I'm, I'm a big fan of fractal science. It's called, it used to be fractal uh, technology. And then it, and it, it grew into science because it's so accurate. Um, there's an actual video out there. It's a micro, microsphere of gra, uh, I'm sorry, sphere of, gra, of water in microgravity. And they show this rotating sphere of water. And, and what they do is they put a little Alka-Seltzer in it and it creates little bubbles inside of it. And, and you, you see this sphere of water that's spinning. And, and then as it spins, all those bubbles coalesce along the axis. And I'm looking at this sphere of water, you know, to prove that the earth isn't flat. It's a sphere of water, you know. Well, anyway, but I'm looking at all these bubbles right along the axis. It's all hollow. And I'm thinking, wow, if the model shows that, then the possibilities are that, yeah, the earth could be hollow from North Pole to South Pole. Or at least, you know, and I don't mean hollow like an eggshell. I mean hollow like a tube, because that's yeah. what the model would indicate. So who knows? You know, this takes us down a whole other path that deals with Admiral Byrd and uh, a whole lot of other theories about about Antarctica that leads us to Nazis, UFOs, and leads us, uh, yeah. things that crawled out of CERN, which interestingly enough it is another concern. They may have actually ordered, opened the portal uh between 2012 and 2013 i'm talking the portal to, to tartarus to let all those nasties back into this dimension so that may have been a has been a account yeah you really think so yeah and i'll tell you why um they found the god particle in 2012 confirmed it in 2013 uh and what happened in 2013 okay well nelson mandela again knight of malta answered to the pope he died. Uh, he died twice, uh, once unofficially because he was uh, hooked up to a, a life support system. His family petitioned the courts, and the, the courts granted their, their petition, and they pulled the plug on him. He, he was reported to have died June 26, 2013. But then all of a sudden, uh, th- those reports stopped. There's only a few reports that came out just immediately after he died. And, and then all of a sudden, he gets better, and he goes home. Come on. He kicked a bucket. They put him on ice. They dragged him back out on November, I mean, on uh, December 5th, 2013, and they held a 10-day ritual. Now, just look at the, at the Mandela ritual funeral here. We were all supposed to get something else in 2013. Remember, remember Comet Ison? Right, yeah. I recall. Yeah, uh, 
Okay, well, it was the greatest comet a civilization never saw. Uh, it was destroyed, not by the sun, but something destroyed it on the backside of the sun. Now, people say, oh, what, what are you talking about? The sun did it. No. I watched the live footage, and as it came around, and you can still, it's still out there on YouTube, as a matter of fact. I looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as Comet Ison was coming back uh, around the sun, this was from Soho, you could see that the coma was blowing against the solar wind. It's always supposed to blow with the solar wind, away from the sun. Now it's blowing 90-degree angle against the solar wind. What in the world is blowing it that way? Now, here's here's the other side of Comet Ison. On the 16th of December, and we keep in mind the Mandela funeral went from the, from the 5th to the 15th. On the 16th of December, it was the recalculated date for Quetzalcoatl, that the Mayan snake god, we were supposed to see his return in the sky. And had Comet Ison survived, we would have, right at that time, we saw uh, Venus in the evening sky. Beautiful. It was lit up beautifully at that time. I, I, I remember it distinctly. So I remember missing seeing Comet Ison being attached to it. It would have looked like a giant exclamation point. Think about that. Now, why didn't we see the Mayan god sign? But yet we had Mandela die in a ritual funeral where all these heads of state go to and are standing next to a man who committed murder and was locked away in an insane asylum, who's signing in a sign language that nobody understands. And when he's interviewed later on, he says that, oh, there were, the stadium was filled with angels flying around in it. And allegedly out behind the stadium was a black cube in which all uh, of the, these representatives were signing a treaty with an off-planet entity by the name of Marduk, who is the king of the Babylonian gods, also known as Anu, which would be the king of the Sumerian gods. Correct. Now, that goes deep. While, yeah, while this is going on, uh, uh, the, the, the two uh, scientists who discovered the Higgs boson particle, the god particle, uh, were given the Nobel Peace Prize on the 10th of December in Norway, I guess it was presented, right during the middle of the Mandela ritual funeral. What great timing. I didn't now know we that. also get this other thing called the Mandela effect where there's a rip in time which has changed parts of our history unexplainably. Particularly one interesting passage from the scriptures, very significant, and it talks about a future time when we will be experiencing a thousand years of peace, which is actually not that much further in the future when you consider what, where, what prophecies we are fulfilling at this juncture. And that is uh, in Isaiah uh, 11.6, where it says, well, where it used to say, and the lion shall lay down with the lamb. Now it says the wolf shall lay down with the lamb. Oddly enough, you can go on to... Uh, any search engine and write it, or type in Isaiah 11:6, uh, and you'll see a picture. You'll see pictures of lions laying down with lambs, but Isaiah will be quoted as saying, "The wolf shall lay down with the lamb." All righty then. How did that change? And the, the other one I like. You remember the movie Moonraker? Oh yes. Uh, remember when Dolly digs Jaws out of, helps him out of the wreckage from the, the that uh, wheelhouse there with. And they smile at each other, and she smiles, and she's got a mouthful of braces. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no more braces. 
That's she's, a, she's, she's now had her braces removed. That's a great film, by the way, for those who've never saw that classic. Yeah, and, and what was it about? Taking specimens off of Earth and destroying human life on Earth to someday replant perfect specimens back on Earth, right? Right. That's exactly what we're facing now. Except it's not perfect specimens of life. It's taking the Satanists who are controlling this Earth who will go to their deep underground military cities because they're not just bunkers, they're whole cities and farming communities down there. Uh, what do you think those trillions and trillions of dollars have gone? Uh, and they intend on leaving all the non-Satan worshipers up here. Now people say, oh, he's going religious on us. Yeah, well, you tell me where uh, 8 million children vanish to every year. Oh, we don't have Satan worshipers? Let's see. Uh, where do thir- why are there 30 million people involved in human trafficking? I'm, I'm talking about being trafficked. Why did the president on the 21st of December, ooh, the winter solstice, what an interesting date. On the 21st of December, he declared a national emergency through an executive order, declared a ma- national emergency, and then went into great detail in, in uh talking about or making it clear about human rights violations, how those people will be dealt with. And the other subject in that that forbidden category, uh, conspiracy. How big of a paintbrush is conspiracy? And let's see, on uh, January, January, uh, he declared Human Trafficking Prevention Awareness Month. And what a lot of people missed was the executive order that he wrote on March 1st, which essentially overhauls the martial law judicial uh, handbook or guidebook. And guess what? Under that executive order, uh, y'all in the Army now, if you are uh, between the ages of 17 and 44, you are now in the Army can be called up to serve in any militia at the president's uh, request. Anybody who does not show up for for duty will be classified as treasonous. Uh, Some of those laws go into went into effect immediately on the 1st of March. Others will go into effect on the 1st of January 2019. But the whole martial law handbook is being, I mean, the whole military uh, judicial handbook is getting a facelift. So start putting things together. You know, you listen to all these Q posts. They don't really tell you a whole lot. They, they, they tell you things that, oh, Q was right about that. Oh, you know, they're, they're, Richard Hoagland used to do this on Facebook. Oh, God. Drip, drip, <laughs> drip, drip. Stay tuned. More to come. Drip, drip, drip. Hoagland did spill the beans finally. I don't know if you remember he comment, uh, Ellenin. You remember the, uh, Extinction level event comic. Wasn't that a few years ago? Yeah, it was it 2011? I think 2010. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, Hoagland did a $33 hint, hint, $33 uh, ticket seminar uh, symposium, which about a week or so later went on YouTube anyway and became viral, so they monetized it that way. But regardless, if you wanted to hear it live, it would have cost you $33. Well, Hoagland spilled the beans. I had known that he was having problems with the, with the Freemasons because I had, from other sources, he double-crossed some investors. Well, in, 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 in his ultimate ego got away from in his $33 uh, seminar here, 
and he said that there were good Freemasons and bad Freemasons, but the Freemasons were essentially the priest class for Horus, Isis, and Set. Let's see, H-I-S. Do we see those initials anywhere? Oh, yeah, the Roman Catholic Church, H-I-S. Now, they say it stands for something else, but it's still the same Egyptian religion. They worship the gods. Oh, what are you talking about? Well, you explain to me why there's all those images. And what's right smack in, the, in St. Peter's Square? Oh, a penis of Ra. Yeah, that obelisk, obelisk is, right. is, is a penis. So it's a phallic worshiping. Uh, if you want to know the truth, the church is based on Syriamis worship. Syriamis was the goddess of the earth, moon, and stars. She was the, uh, the Nimrod's wife who had Nimrod murdered, then became pregnant and claimed the baby was uh, Nimrod incarnate and named him Tammuz. And so she became the mother of God. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's the Anunnaki story. There's only two narratives on this planet. There's the Anunnaki narrative. And remember, the Anunnaki say that we genetically engineered you from lower life forms, and they gave us religion and government as control mechanisms to make sure that we continue to mine gold gold, so that we can make our, our keepers rich and the Anunnaki can come back one day and take all our gold away to their planet. Uh-huh. So we're nothing more than glorified slaves. Thank you very much. Let's look at the Bible narrative. Let us make man in our image. And so in God's image, he made them both male and female. Whose image? What, what, chimpanzee's image, lower life form image? No, God's image. And when we go to Genesis, the second chapter, it says, if you want to go back to, to the ancient Hebrew, it says that Yahweh or Yahuwah breathed the life of breath into the body of Adam. And what was Adam made out of? Made out of the elements of the ground, stardust the dust of the earth itself. He wasn't genetically engineered, as was everything else. However, once you have perfect human DNA and the soul of God within that perfect human DNA, what do you have? You've got yourself a son of God, which then he sells his soul to uh, the reptilians, who are most likely our genetic engineers. And we get this story about this fruit that was put on the on the planet, the fruit of the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the forbidden good fruit, and right. bad. Yeah, most likely this fruit had a genetic virus in it, which which split our DNA and attached telomeres to the end. When we run out of telomeres, that's the end of our DNA. It fractures and falls apart. Uh, but if there were no telomeres to begin with, and it was just attached to itself, it would replicate itself perfectly every time and never fall apart. Now, it's interesting. I came up with a theory about telomeres being a virus a long time ago. And just about a year and a half, two years ago, genetic engineers say, wow, it looks like there's a splice between the telomeres and our DNA. Where'd the splice come from? Hmm. So there's a lot more there than, than meets the eye. You see, without the sciences, we can never decode any of this stuff. We could never comprehend this. And with the science, now we can get a clear, a more clear and under, a more clear picture of what's going on. And essentially, we've been reduced to to pre-godlike conditions. We're no not much better than than Neanderthal or Cro-Magnon man as far as our genetic makeup. However. We still carry the soul of Yahuwah or the Creator. We are still gods, just greatly retarded. So that's why it took Christ 
the, the, the son of God, a God, to ransom his life so that he could ransom what a son of God lost or sold to Satan. And that's the, Christ didn't die for our lack of morals. Christ died for your sins. You don't behave, you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> Please, how do you burn a soul in hell? Your flesh rots. But how do you burn something that, that, that is, is energy? You can't. How do you burn electricity? You can't. And that's what our life force is. It, it, it's, it's an energy that, it's a conscious energy. That's yes. our soul. It's forever. Yeah. And according to Genesis 9, 9, it goes back. According to Genesis uh, 9, uh, verses, uh, I believe it's 4 and 5, it may encompass parts of 3. Uh, but our soul is tied into the blood. And so that's why there's all these blood sacrifices. And when you go down and look at child sacrifices, they, they try to sacrifice, get them as young as possible, and then prolong death as long as possible, which exposes, which separates, partially separates the soul from the body. And then it is consumed by satanic entities, these interdimensional entities that have joined the satanic empire and the re and the rebellion against God. By the they way, feed literally mm -hmm. on the souls of the most innocent children. By the way, Peter, that reminds me the multinite Satanist out there, of course, involved in arms trafficking, drug trafficking, and of course, child sex trafficking and uh, organ trafficking, of course. And uh, many believe George Bush Sr is the main kingpin. Do you think that's true? I understand. Uh, go, go look up whoever the, whoever owns Dynacor. Dynacor is one of the, is, is a uh, private contractor that will go out, take, take over a town, kill all the men, tack up their body and start seeing what's sellable as far as body parts. And then taking the women, turning the, the women and children over into uh, human trafficked, slaves to be used in, in for whatever purpose and who's ever left over they they organ har they, they harvest organs uh it's believed and i just heard this within the past couple of days a human body ha is worth about a billion dollars in harvest harvested organs really yeah i was i was a little bit shocked i guess so you know, am I. lung lungs heart kidneys uh, intestines uh, skin grafts, the blood itself. Yeah, we're, it, it goes to the highest bidder. That's why, uh, what was it? David Rockefeller had, uh, six heart transplants. Keep on yeah. sticking the heart of some poor kid and the sucker should have been dead centuries. Long ago. time ago, right. You know, That's so. That's remarkable. Yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 they infuse themselves with, with, uh, and, what is it? Endocrine, endocrine which is one of the byproducts that, that is created by the adrenal glands as, as these children are being tortured to death. Uh, it, it's, it gets secreted at high levels. So you've got these interdimensional entities that are feeding, literally feeding on the soul energy of Louche and uh, these Satanists that are drinking its blood once it's bled out enough before it dies. Well, that's a pretty picture. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's exactly what they do. And if you don't believe me, go do the research for yourself if you if you have the stomach for it. Yes, and by the way, Peter, I know in the past you said that you believe uh, Christ may be returning in the year 2020. Do you still believe that is underway? Yeah, you know, we're 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 seeing things happening. What's what Bush is uh, what Bush what Trump is actually doing by getting rid of the Jesuits. 
this is the precursor that's going to be that's going to be leading up to the fall of religion itself. Uh, right in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, it says that before the apostasy, which brings down religion, before that comes, the man of lawlessness needs to be exposed. Now, what do we see? We see this whole level of lawlessness right within our own government connected to who? The Clintons, Knight of Malta, the Bushes, Knight of Malta, Obama. Uh, okay, they got the endorsement from the Knights of Malta. I guess they, they, they don't, they don't qualify. They're not on the right food chain or something. I don't know. I don't make the rules. But, you know, here you've got the deep state planted by who? The Vatican using the Knights of Malta and the Jesuits. Go look and see how many people have graduated Jesuit, co- Jesuits co- uh, Jesuit colleges. Uh, what's the, the famous one? Was it, uh, uh, Washington? So that there's one right outside of Washington, D.C. Is it Washington College or George and Martha? I forget the name of the college. It's the Jesuit College yes. right there. Uh, world leaders send their children to go there to become world leaders. So, and I, for the life of me, just can't think of the college. It'll come to me sooner or later. But anyway, regardless, it's not important. Uh, what is important is how we deal with this. How are we going to deal with it all? You see, if this is all true and all indications are, we've got executive orders. Why did Trump sign this, this one trillion three hundred billion dollar bloated omnibus deficit increasing bill? Because it fully funded the military and in there might be funding for his wall as well. What's the last, if the military is backing Trump, the last thing that Trump wants is, is the military not to be funded. So uh, who cares what everybody else is doing? If the military is going to take over, guess what? Be prepared. You really don't want to be pissing off the government right about now. Oh, of course not. You know, it, it, it is move. what it is. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good move right now. Hey, I might be an ambassador, but I still abide by the laws of the land, at least most of them, until they start conflicting with God's laws. But for the most part, uh I was born, I was raised here. I've traveled around the world a lot. I've come back to this country, and I'll tell you what, coming through customs, I always think of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. Yeah, as screwed up as this country might be, to me, there's still no place like home. Yeah, this is the best place, in my opinion. Yeah. If you're going to ride it to the end, you might as well ride be riding on the most powerful beast there is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and uh, by, by the way, I just want to get your opinion on this. Not so long ago, uh, Joe Biden was taking uh, some jabs at Donald Trump and recently said he wanted to beat him up. Um, oh, I, I'm sure <laughs> he does. Biden, that that child groping pedophile, he's a weirdo, will isn't he? Be one of the ones that go that go to Guantanamo. He's very scary to look at. Yeah, you know, it just takes us right back to to the upper level of Freemasons. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I I went after the Freemasons when I was writing letters to Earth, and I figured, okay, here's now it's time to get into the Freemasons, and I researched and I researched and I researched, and I was like. What, what do these guys do besides have uh, beer parties and picnics and, and help out people in their communities? I couldn't find anything. I mean, even what, even going back and listening to, to some of the history of the upper levels, it's okay. It's like there's still no smoking gun within the Freemasons themselves. At least I couldn't find anything. It wasn't until Hoagland, <laughs> Hoagland, Exposed him, you know, he was just having an ego trip and he, and he just said, hey, 
they're the priest. Once you're above 33 degree, you become part of the priest class for Isis, Horus, and Set. Now, here's the interesting thing about Set. Set was a homosexual god that required live child sacrifice. He was that's, the first yeah. Molech. That's true. So, so now if you're, if you're one of the priest class for Set, guess what you get to do to children? Yeah, you get to have, you get to have some, um, devious fun. Yeah, and, and, well, if you want to call it that, this almost comes full circle for me because they would, my childhood sweetheart, girl I, I thought one day I would marry. Uh-oh. You know, she, she was just, she was just, you were in me, love. She, she was everything. And it was while I was dating her that I had my alien contact. Oh yes, I forgot about that. That's when you were what, 18 years old? 18 years old, yeah. 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 Like I said, she was my Hollywood sweetheart. I mean, high school sweetheart. Right. Sweetheart. It isn't, isn't that a little, mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind, we'll, we'll let that Freudian slip go by. Uh, but I, I loved her parents. It, it, I was like the son they never had. Okay, fast forward the clock. Also September 2015, oddly enough, I get a call one morning and, uh, it's my, my old high school sweetheart. Now we had, we, we lost contact through Facebook. We regained contact. She's been married for 20 years. Not like we got anything going between us on that end. However, she calls up this Sunday morning. She's got her sister on the line, who I haven't talked to since she was 12 years old. Now she's in her 50s. So, okay. Oh, my. Well, you know, this is I'm 62 this year, so we're talking high school, you know, 45 years ago. Correct. Uh, anyway, so she says, well, you two talk, talk a little bit about it. I got things to do. And so she leaves me on the phone with her sister. Her sister's not, not in any relationship of any sort. And so she's hoping things, things will spark between us and, and something will happen. Well, long story short, fine. This, the big complaint about this from her sister is that when she was, she says, oh, my, my, she she just downgraded herself all the time. I was like, no, you you know, you were a great kid. And she goes, ah, they used to molest me when I was a kid. I had an uncle that molested me right in front of everybody. Well, I don't understand why nobody ever said anything. Oh my God. And and and, and you know, we're going about this. I'm playing psychological warfare with this gal, trying to you know help her out of her problem. It's no longer any kind of a romantic entanglement type situation. This woman's got issues. Oh yes. And come to find out, uh, she's got an archon attached to her. So I, I thought I made such great progress and it all just ended in one, uh, it literally in, in one phone call, it set a whole worth of, of month, a whole month's worth of work right back to ground zero. Oh, I was so pissed and I knew exactly what was going on. I had a cool down a day. I called up her sister and I said, look, here's the situation. And her sister says, it's the box. I said, what box? She said, well, dad was a Freemason and he had this box all carved, it was his work box, all carved with Freemason and religious symbols. And then it turns out daddy was a high-ranking Freemason. He may have been a member of Opus Dei. Mommy was a high-ranking, uh, Eastern, member of the Eastern Star. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the, my old sweetheart here was a real estate agent for, uh, for NASA back when they had the Johnson's, uh, Space Center going there outside of, uh, Houston. Hmm. She's bought and sold homes for the astronauts. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Her, her telephone number ended in 2001. It was, I thought it was, what a great number, <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, uh, she said that year was, they had just moved into a new house that year. 
And it was the worst year financially for both her and her husband. And so now all this is coming out with, with her, with her sister and, and the, the box. And I'm hearing all this family history that goes back. And yeah, they used to molest her. It was actually our half sister, uh, you know, that they would molest it. And, and I would hear all this stuff connected back to Freemasons. And now I'm putting one on one together, Molech worship, Freemasons set. It's like, aha. Here's the smoking gun, and, and and now wait a minute. There's an archon involved. So once we identified this, she she realized. I said, look, you got to remove whatever might be contaminated. Anything from your mom that you have, or anything from your dad, you got to get out of your house. Now this this was on a Saturday morning. She 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 gets a hold. She uh, sends me a text on Sunday. She just says, you're not going to believe this. And she says, I'll call you in a little bit. And she sends me a picture of her foot which is all red and swelled up. And uh, so she calls some time later. She goes, I couldn't talk at the time. My husband was around, and he's not going to understand this. She said, I woke up in the middle of the night fighting something that wasn't there. And I was literally having a fist fight with it. And when it before it left, it grabbed me by the ankle and twisted my ankle. I can't walk on it. And so I said, well, now you know what you got to do. And so, yeah, sure enough, she went, she started going through all her stuff. And I, I talked to her on Tuesday, uh, on that Monday, and uh, she was going through all of, all of her mom's stuff. She said she had brought a lot of stuff because our, their house had a, uh, an alarm system. She brought all her mom's jewelry home from the safety deposit box. So now everything was getting out of the house. So I hadn't heard from her for you know, about a week or so, 10 days. And, and I send her a text. I said, how you doing? She goes, oh, can't talk now. It's raining buyers and sellers. And I was like, wait a minute, this was the worst year for you ever. So I wound up talking to her a couple of days later. She goes, I can't believe it. Everything in my life just turned around. I've been so busy. I've never been this busy in my life. I'm making money hand over fist. These people have just come out of the woodwork. I said, when did this start happening? She goes, oh, it was about two weeks ago. I said, what, after we talked? She goes, yeah, I guess it's the phone started ringing on Wednesday. She got, she was going through the stuff on Monday, got rid of it on Tuesday, and, and people started calling her on Wednesday. Think about that. So she got rid of all of those, whatever demonic and arconic things were related to her. Her sister, she told her sister all about the box. Her sister, and this woman had a bizarre life. I can't even talk about the things that, that this guy was involved in. Uh, on the radio, I oh, mean, it no. was bizarre sexual orgy. It was like Fox News and stuff. She was gonna. She had the box out on the front porch. It was getting ready to go to a storage container. It looked like rain. She brought it back inside and wound up putting a, a set of Texas Longhorns on it, and it became the centerpiece in, in her house. So, <sighs> such is life. Some people will never break free. Now, if somebody wants to know what an archon is, think of Dracula. Uh, a shape-shifting, soul-sucking entity that will make your life miserable until it drives you to suicide or insanity. That's and that's pretty image. much that. That's pretty much what it is. Yes. And they do exist. They do exist. And and here I look back to my own uh, what I considered for the longest time up until 2000, September 2015. It was actually about a month or so. I was thinking about all this. That, you know. After the fact, and I went back and, well, wait a minute. I had alien contact when I was going out with this girl and when her parents, and her parents were involved in this stuff back then. What was this alien contact all about? Who was I really dealing with? Because that was never made clear. There was never any spaceship involved. I, I was trans, transported underground. 
Underground. It's like I was in the, yeah, it's like I was in the bowels of a castle. And what and this happened several times. I wasn't abducted. I went willingly. You went willingly. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Let, let's talk a little bit about that. What do you exactly remember? And when did this start? Um, was this like in the morning, night? No, it, you know, it's, it's it tends to be classic in a lot of ways, except for no spaceship. But it started at night uh, in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually heard a voice and woke up and somebody was standing there and said, he said, look, the prince arrives. And my bed faced right out the, had a nice large window faced right out the window and I could see flashing lights. I couldn't see anything exactly out the window, but I, from the bed, I could see flashing lights out the window. So I got up and ran past wh- whoever was in my bedroom because you were flashing lights. And I had, this was back 1974. Uh, Eric Von Daniken had, had just written Cherry to the Gods a few, a year or two earlier. Uh, UFOs were just now starting to be talked about in mainstream media. Uh, and I look out the window and what do I see? It's a chariot drawn by horses, but it's all metal, metal horses, and it's all molded together. It's a landing craft, and somebody with a crown it, it is commanding it, and it's landing, and it's all one one piece. It, it's like a little landing craft, and it lands over toward the other side of the house where we had the garden. I couldn't see, see it actually touch, touch ground, and when I ran around to look out the other window, I couldn't see anything. So it either it cloaked itself, but I was confused because nothing was there. What happened to what I just saw out one window wasn't out the other window. And, and, and so I, I went back to bed, you know, what did I just see? And, and next thing I know, I'm underground and I'm being taken to meet the prince. And so this, it was more like all socialization. It was actually a recruiting effort. Now, keep in mind, by the time I was 18, I had already had close to 15 years of biblical education. I knew the scriptures prophecy inside and out. And this, they wanted me to seem to work for them or, or be part of their group. But I noticed one thing. They never were making any biblical reference, references. Never anything back to scripture. Never anything about Jesus, Yeshua, Christ, Messiah. Nothing back to Yahuwah, the Creator, Jehovah, Yahweh, nothing of that nature. And I became suspicious and started to question it in my own mind. Who am I really dealing with? And it was shortly thereafter, and these things are extremely telepathic. Uh, And by the way, they look very human, just a little taller than than we are. And we all, even myself, I was required to wear what looked like a monk's robe, but very, very satiny, soft, but heavyweight material, very smooth material, very futuristic. It reminded me of Kiana, which was a nylon knit back in the disco days, but a heavyweight Kiana. Um, and we were all in this one room, probably about 70 uh, people or of these entities and myself. And they just, one of them said, can I have everybody's attention? And so everybody stopped talking, and they said he just simply said, "We need someone to kill Peter Kling." Oh my God! Yeah, that's what <laughs> caught me <laughs> by surprise. And I immediately turned to my my guide, who was I was never allowed to leave this. I did sneak off the first time I was down there, and that was a big no-no. You weren't allowed to be by yourself, so I was assigned somebody to be with. And I said, "Why do they want to kill me?" And all I all he said simply because you crossed the line. And I was like, what line did I cross? I didn't do anything. 
but it had to be because I was starting to questioning who they were and their motives and why there was no connection back to scripture. So I, in essence, didn't cross the line to join them. It's interesting. The first time I told this story on the air, uh, in less than 24 hours, I had a gal call me up. She says, the same thing happened to me. It was a recruiting effort. And, and, you know, for the first time in like 40 years, I didn't feel like a freak. Oh, my, yes. I was actually close to 30 years. But, yeah, I, I didn't feel like a freak because I wouldn't talk about it. I, well, why wouldn't you? Uh Why would I? You know, th- Back in 1974, 70, 75, early 70s and 80s, you just didn't talk. Oh, I had alien contact. Yeah, uh huh. We have rooms and jackets for people like you. So yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I never talked about it. Oh, I understand that part. I was being somewhat sarcastic there, but <laughs> yes, right. But yeah, that, that's a that's quite an experience. I would imagine that's not something you open up a first line there with. Yeah, no, and, and you know, here's the, the crazy thing. Um, it was now keep in mind I'm still going out with this with this gal and her parents who control archons and demons. Oh boy. But, yes. Yeah. So so he, he, we're full circle on this thing. And the first I'm in a motorcycle wreck. My own fault, but but I actually I went around a bend. I was just too fast, and I forgot about the bend in the road with the railroad tracks going through them. And as soon as I made contact, the bike went down. I was doing. Well over 60 when I impacted. Peter the glass, biker. There was a glass jar in my pocket. The jar lid unscrewed. The glass never broke. Oh my goodness. I got a, I got a good case of road rash, dislocated a thumb and that was it. That was the end of your, your biking career, I imagine. Oh heck no. You're well, still out there? We just upgraded a bigger bike. Well, you see, that was the first time they didn't get me. Mm. And, and then, uh, it was a couple of months later after that, uh, I had just gotten a, a new, tr- well, it was new to me. It was a Triumph GT6, a nice little English sports car. It was a 68. And uh 22 hours after I had the car, I lost the left front tire off of it and rolled it down a riverbank. Totaled oh, it out. Lord. Yeah, I was dismantling the car. and One of the old timers from the area came up to where I was. He didn't know me or the car. And Said, oh, someone got killed in this thing. <laughs> and I just kind of looked at myself. Said, Nah, I'm okay. Said, You are in this. <laughs> Jeez, Peter, you're you're like a cat. <laughs> you know that my my son was actually yeah. When I was having my stomach issues and the doctor couldn't figure out what was going on, I was literally starving to death. Uh, I'm six foot tall and I weigh, weighed 114 pounds. Oh no, no figure. Yeah, I looked like I was in Auschwitz. Seriously, you're like a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, I, I, I got out of the shower one day and looked in the mirror and I saw a dead friend staring back at me. And, and yeah. That's dark. Right. Yeah. Um, I hear you. But my, but my son was concerned. My youngest son was concerned. He had mentioned, you know, that my brother had come to, all my family came to visit me. So they thought I was on my last leg. And, uh, my brother said to my son, don't worry about it, son. Your father's got more lives than a cat. <laughs> and, and after my son left, we, we counted him, and it was actually, uh, I was on 13. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm on my second cat. And it, there's been th- three three other times since then, I'm, and that's also including the time I should have been dead and got sent back. You're cheating so, death, Peter. Uh, I've had a lot of experience in not dying, and i and I got to tell you something. I owe, it all to, uh, I owe it all to one person, the not dying part. I owe it all to Father Yahweh. And people disparage, oh, well, that's 
That's a satanic God. He's a bloodthirsty God. Well, you know what? I've been giving this message, and it's based on loving each other and, and, and love. It's not based on child sacrifice and and, and uh, dr- drug addiction and and hate. I've never t- I don't endorse religion, any religion in any shape, form, or fashion. I do endorse spirituality, and it's kept me alive from alien attack. And what's it say in Ephesians? Oh yes, our fight is not against blood and uh, flesh and blood but against the authorities, the governments, and the holy and the wicked spirits in heavenly places. Let's see, uh, archons, demons, greys, reptilians, Nordics, whoever you want to call them, the Galactic Federation of Corruption, the Satanic Empire, those who require live child sacrifice and are controlling this planet. Yes. Call them Anunnaki, call them the Egyptian gods, call them Zeus, call them whatever Roman god names you want to call them. They change with history. Now they're aliens. Now we call them, uh, uh, you know, they came from Sirius. They came, they're always three-dimensional. You know why? Because people have been dumbed down so far, they can't comprehend that we have those other seven spatial planes. They can't, That's true. They, they just can't comprehend that we are beyond three-dimensional. And I love people that say, oh, we're going to be raptured. Oh, I'm going to be raptured. Oh, we're going to ascend to a higher vibration. Here's a newsflash. The more your brain vibrates, the more desperate you become and you go into gamma and you're either going to over, your brain's going to overheat and you're going to pass out. You want to reach spirituality, slow your brain down, relax and pray because prayer is direction. Remember I said earlier, Peter Rabbit knows better than to just go play in a farmer McGregor's garden. Well, if we don't know where we're going, we can meet all sorts of creepy things, all of these demonic spirits. Uh, very rarely do we meet anybody positive unless we are taking positive action. Now, keep in mind, I also said that we are gods. Children of God makes us gods. Yep, really retarded gods. We have short lifespans. We eat cancer and die, and we never even have come close to making it to a god hour or a cosmic hour, a God day or a cosmic day is a thousand earth years. Do the math. So even if you live to a hundred years old, you're basically a cosmic stillborn. Very true. And Peter, by the way, not long ago, there was rumblings about UFO disclosure. And of course, I'm positive you read and saw the headlines. What do you make about that? Uh, Well, now Trump wants to have a space army too, doesn't he? That's So Mm -hmm. who are we fighting? You know, if we were facing an alien threat from off the, from outside this planet, I forget exactly how Ronald Reagan put it, but yeah, the last card is the alien card. And so, who are they fighting? Great speech, fight by the way. King of Kings and Lord of Lords and the armies of heaven? Is there going to be a false flag alien attack? Did they genetically engineer bodies for all these creepy crawlers that they let out of Tartarus? Yes to all of the above. It might get pretty hairy here. You know, this is the Alamo. Earth's a prison planet. You look at, at uh, Revelation, the 12th chapter, it says war broke out in heaven. The other seven spatial planes, it, let's use some fractal science. If we have life here on Earth and life in the third dimension, we're going to have life in those other seven, seven spatial planes. And if they were here before we were here, that life is much older than life is here. And we calculate everything in Earth years uh, and like I said, time is a variable. A God day or a cosmic day is a thousand Earth years. So what kind of entities are we dealing with? 
But war breaks out in the other seven spatial planes. And it's a war between the Archangel Michael and his angels and the great dragon and its angels. The great dragon started off as a serpent back in Eden uh, and, and grew into this great seven-headed, ten-horned, scar- uh, fiery-colored dragon. And it's, it gets defeated, but it drags a third of the stars down with its tail. Stars are very powerful entities. The gods. Uh, let's see. The star gods. Remember, Tammuz was a star god. Uh, when Pharaoh died, he joined the rest of the gods in the stars. And so those stars were dragged down. The unloyal ones. Those of, uh, those who would rather be our controllers than our cosmic brothers. And you see, that's, where were they thrown it? It says, whoa, whoa, whoa for the earth, for the devil has been thrown down to you, having great anger, knowing he has a short amount of time left. When did this happen? Approximately 1913, 1914, you know, shortly around, right around the time of the Federal Reserve and World War One. The, tw- the 20th century has seen, that's my puppy, She's not a puppy anymore. Uh, the 20th century has been the deadliest, bloodiest <laughs> century ever. Approximately, well, or close to, one billion people have died as a result of war or uh, uh, governmental conflict or uh, the result of those things. Uh, go back and start doing the math and start adding up the real numbers. Regime change, a third of the people guaranteed to be killed under a new regime. Same thing may happen here in the United States. But in, when Russia went to co- when communist, a third, of the, a third of Russia was put to death. Po- uh, possibly over a 100 million people. China, uh, s- several hundred million people. The best one that we have is Cambodia. Remember the killing fields? A third of the population, approximately two, 2 million people, were put to death just because... So regime change is not a pretty thing. And then you have famine that's induced by war. Over 2 million Ukrainians died of famine because the Russians came in and took all their food during World War II, created a famine that killed 2 million civilians. Just That's it. You're dead. Easy come, easy go, right? Our life is so precious, and yet it's so expendable, so sad. It is very sad. And, of course, another issue I'd love to get your opinion on is well, of course, the latest development with uh, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, of course, I always felt and knew nothing on the net was uh, sacred. Uh, well, come on. Uh, ten years ago, I was calling Facebook confession book. That's true. And very much like every phone call you make and every text you send, it's all being watched and heard. All of our yeah, data has yeah. been collected and sold uh, to other third parties. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that kind of blew it for them is if you look at the, uh, on their new app for, um, their messenger for smartphones, once, once you agree to, you know, I agree to your terms, uh, they now basically own all your information and your friend's information, everybody who you communicate with. So they'll go in, they have the right to listen to you anytime, turn on your phone and look at you anytime, record what you're doing at any time. So you just gave them permission to, to pretty much put a camera up in your house and in your life, take them with you anytime. And I think that's what, probably what caught the government's attention. And, and so now, yeah. Plus, Zuckerberg is connected with all these other people that, that have made money billions. Made killings. Real fast. Yeah, billions real fast. 
in a very exclusive industry that's controlled by the deep state, who's data mining the information. By the way, do you believe most people on social media are partially brainwashed? No, I think most of them are totally brainwashed. You know, I always felt the easiest way and most effective way to brainwash people was through the television screen. And, of course, through social media, we are constantly told what to think, what to feel, who to fear, what to buy. And, of course, never forget about these uh, focus groups before uh, anything ever hits your eyes and ears. Um, this is what goes through that process. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. They do their research quite well. And oh, they know what they're people, doing. They know what they're doing, yeah. but most Americans out there have uh, no clue about selective programming. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. This is where it's, it, it really comes down to the insidious part. Uh, I believe it was right around 2000 they issued patents, which now those patents are old. You know, that they're used up. But they issued a patent to control human physiology through TV monitors. Now, uh, if they can control your physiology through the monitor... They're sending out random patterns that are pulsing that you're not even aware of that are controlling your physiology. So they can send you out positive pulse, bad, you know, good pulses, pulses that make you angry, pulses that will sedate you. Just little blips that we you don't even recognize that your brain isn't going to pick up. But now that was 18 years ago. How has the technology changed? Oh, my God, because yes. That technology is now sitting in front of everybody that sits in front of a computer or looks at a smartphone yeah. or looks at their TV screen at home. And, Peter, let me just stop you really quickly there. You just reminded me. Back and it must have been 2000, 2001, I was a lot more into computers and learning how things worked. And, uh, well, I, I can't speak too much, but a, a part of me was interested in things that you shouldn't be interested in. And I was able to mess around with uh, several back doors and Trojan viruses. And some of the things I was able to do with, with just one of those early programs, it was pretty amazing. Of course, you could turn on someone's webcam or go through every single thing they've ever clicked. And all of that has been around for so long. And when all these leaks came out, I, I just kept thinking, my goodness, if I was able to do all these sort of things back then, I could only imagine what they have now. Yeah, pretty much. I, I figured 2011 was the end of my life being private. Uh, um, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. So anything that I do, I, I, I'm, and I'm pretty careful about the things that I do because writing letters to Earth got me into, I wouldn't say a lot of trouble. Like I said, I kicked them right smack in the nuts with letters to Earth. And the things that are that are I wrote in that are just now becoming public knowledge. So you you really, <laughs> so so you really you really got into some shit in other words for writing that. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, I was facing nine to twenty one. Really? Yep, I sure I I sure. Uh, I'll tell you the story real quick. Go ahead. I sent a sent a copy of Letters to Earth Tal for Lambermont Weber, you know, because of what he's into. I figured, okay, you know, that I'd like to get. I wanted to get his review on the book. Well. It's about now yeah, a week or two later. He after he receives the book, he write he writes me. He says, Peter, I don't know how to tell you this, but the copy of your book that you sent me vanished out of my house. And I said, Oh well, not a big surprise, Alfred. Considering what you do, I'll send you another copy. The day that the second copy gets there, the first copy appears right smack in the middle of his bookcase. Mm. And he tells me this. He says, I know it wasn't there. I looked there several times, and it wasn't there. It just magically reappeared. Okay, whatever. 
Not surprised. <laughs> About a month later, I get another message, and this time uh, it, it's a message. Mr. Kling, can you please explain to me why my copy of your book vanished from my house? Uh, okay, well, uh, I write her back. I don't know who you are or what you do, but obviously there's information in, in the book that you need to know, or and somebody or something is trying to prevent you from getting that information. And so she writes me back and says, well, I am part of European aristocracy, almost royalty, and my father d did rule the planet basically for seven, for 12 years. And, uh, uh, oh hell, it was about a week after, the, and yeah, it was about a week after that I found myself being hauled out of my house in handcuffs and pajamas at 7.30 in the morning by police who couldn't figure out why they were arresting me because the arrest warrant was three months away from the statute of limitation and was littered with conspiracy of this, that, and, and a bunch of other things. And I explained to them why they were arresting me as they put the handcuffs on and as they were hauling me. And interesting, they put the handcuffs in the front. The arresting officer put me in the front of his car, buckled me in very nicely, totally respectful. <laughs> Uh, brought me to the, to the state police station. It wasn't the local boys. It was the state boys who picked me up. And, and while sitting there in my pajamas and handcuffs, I proceeded to explain to everybody there why I was being arrested. And I had an audience of 12 state policemen. Only two were doing their job. Wow. <laughs> Come on now. How many, how many times do you have a real criminal that just got arrested has an audience in the state police barracks? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I took over the prison, too, when they put me in there. They were popular. <laughs> Oddly enough, I served exactly 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, my goodness. Did you really? That's Exactly that's funny. 40 days and 40 nights. And when I got it, that my last day of obligation to the state, now, mind you, I was facing 9 to 21 years, and they actually got me on a violation. I was given probation. How do you go from 9 to 21 years down to probation? Jeez. Yeah. I need to see, I need to see those reports. My goodness, Peter. That's, yeah. that's nine, crazy. Nine to, nine to 21 years down to probation and they violated my, now the odd thing is. <laughs> There's more. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, you know, I, I, I served my 40 days and 40 nights and I had to go to my now parole officer. And and the first trip to the parole officer there says, you know, he, he's writing all these things down, and he says, I'm not going to do a urine specimen. I don't even want to have to deal with it if it comes back positive. I was like, well, wait a minute, that's your job to do a urine specimen. You don't want to have to deal with what if it comes back positive. Now, now mind you, I, I did have, I did take over the prison while I was there. Uh, the, 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 right up to the captain, the guard said, you got to talk to my wife. She, she's all interested in stuff like this. I had two copies of letters to earth sent in. I had, tw I had 20 people, t two lines of 10 people waiting to read letters to earth. You should have gave them I, some autographs. I, I, I spent a month there teaching everybody that I came in contact with. They couldn't get me out of their system fast enough. My last day of obligation to the state, you know, when they finally going to say, okay, you, you're totally free. You don't have to report to us anymore. You're all your paperwork stuff. The last day was the same day as Pope Benedict it was his last day. Uh, they both ended 12 o'clock midnight. Benedict was no longer Pope and I was a free man. My goodness, Peter. You can't make this stuff That's up. That's a story. Now, here's, the cra here's the crazy part. You, you go to, yeah, it gets better. You, you go to Acts, the 12th chapter, the, 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 uh, 
believe it's the fifth or the seventh verse. I forget now. Fifth verse, I think it is. Uh, and it says, while Peter was being kept in the prison, the congregation kept praying intensely for him. Well, and, and people didn't know where I went because they just locked me up. You know, I said, well, sorry, folks, I got to go to jail now. I didn't have time to do that. Um, but while I was, they didn't know where I, nobody knew where I went. And somebody started the page, where is Peter Klang? And people were commenting on the page, Peter, we hope you're safe. We're praying for you, please. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's lovely, though. At least they cared. Yeah, you know, so but when, when your life starts imitating biblical scripture, what does that mean? Uh, the universe is a very strange and mysterious uh, place, I, I have to say, and things are lined up for you there. Yeah, so, you know, that I I just enjoy life so much. I, I just have so much fun with life because I, I know how this all ends, and that's the great part. It actually doesn't end. Earth is only the beginning. Once we clear out the satanic empire, and this is just the start of it, Trump is using half the, stomp, the swamp mar- monsters to get the other half. And so there's going to be more coming in. Yeah, we're going to be facing, we'll, we'll actually face good times before it all turns to, to garbage. And to answer your question, yeah, look for major change coming 2020, 2021, somewhere in there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of change and lots of change in the Trump administration. And I like to make that little joke that we've seen more lineup changes in his administration that we see at a major league baseball team. And it's, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this before. So many people coming in, coming out, learning new names as we do. Is that a testament that we, we cannot find good help these days? Of course. That's what you I know, felt, Trump, perhaps. Trump has an agenda. You know, his famous words aren't you're hired, they're you're fired. You know, so a lot of firing going on there. Yeah, but if you can't find, you know, I don't care what people say about Trump. I've followed the man. I've lived in the Northeast most of my life, right around the New York metropolitan area. So he's grown on me. Yeah, I, I I've followed say. him since I, I moved back up out of the South in uh, the late 1970s. I went to work in the laboratory, and Trump was building, started building his empire. So. You know, you were always reading about him in the paper. Uh, everybody loved him. Everybody. I mean, they, everybody wanted a piece of Trump. And even when he was, you know, going through his dating from switching from one woman to another, it was like, you know, it, it was all on the up and up. Not, there wasn't any real scandal that anybody that, that was reported. Everybody, he was the golden boy. We kind of expected he, that, though. Yeah. To be and, fair. And so, so, so it's like, okay, now he's president and everybody hates him. I like what, uh, that was Sarah, what's his, uh, press secretary, what, what she said. Oh, uh, she basically called everybody a bunch of two faces when they said, oh, you all want Donald Trump when, when he, before he became president to donate to your causes and to, to, to give you money for, for one thing or another. But now that he's president, you hate him. The, the Democrats did like him a lot. He did donate lots of money to the Clintons. He, he donated money all over the place, I have to admit. And, um, you know, that, that was a different time though. There's different reasons for everything. Well, he was a Democrat too. He switched, he switched, uh, parties to become Republican because he knew he couldn't run beat Hillary. Not, not on the Democratic ticket. Hillary was going to sew up the Democratic ticket. There was no doubt about that. I still so, can't even believe her ever being the president though. I have a hard time picturing that. Uh, well, you see, that would have been an extension of the Vatican ruling over the United States. 
That would have been a deepening of, of the swamp. That would have, that would have been really turning America, uh, into a globalist country. And that can't happen according to biblical prophecy. Not that it can't, but it, according to biblical prophecy, it doesn't. The United States stays strong right up to the end. It, it's, it, it's part of the final judgment where it finally gets destroyed. Sorry, folks. Uh, but the United States isn't going to give its sovereignty up to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if you're not going to go along with that thousand years of peace, oh well. If you're not going to go along with being one of the meek who inherit the earth, we're going to be given our God-given abilities back. Allegedly, we've got a 2,000-year trip through the photon belt. Earth has to be restored. Our DNA will be restored. We'll be brought back to perfection. And then we'll take our next step in, in, I can't really call it human evolution, but we'll, once we are brought back to our original design, we'll take our next step as the children of God. We'll start populating other planets. There's, uh, we got kind of like the watered down version of the Bible. A lot of people say, oh, the Bible's been changed. And I can't really say it's been changed a whole lot. All my research that all my education was based on the 66 books that we have plus the book of Enoch, but, uh, it's yeah, all based there. Books, so right. is the science. So the missing books, the additional Gnostic text, forget all that. The story's right there, right within those 66 canon books of the Bible, right in the 66, uh, canonical books. Mm-hmm. So, but there is one part that's left out that was just released from the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I believe it's John, the 14th chapter, where Jesus says, uh, I will be um, going to my father, well, within my father's house, in the King James Version, it says, there are many mansions. Now, wait a minute, how do you have many mansions inside of a house? You see, and Jesus was talking about going in, to, to become enthroned in his kingdom and take his kingly powers, and then he was going to be coming back. But, but he goes on to say that in my father's house there are many mansions, and in those mansions there are many orbs and many plant, places like earth that will be your dwelling places. And when the time is ripe, you will be given the ability to travel to them. Interesting. Why do they leave that part out? Hmm. You see, whenever they leave something out of the scripture, it has to do more with alien or UFO technology or extraterrestrials or us maybe being truly gods. You see, that's really who we are. And we give our our personal power to everything else on this planet. I don't care whether it's a football team, a movie star, a political party, or a religious or, or some religion. We give our lives and our power to that instead of focusing our power on ourselves, loving ourselves and loving our creator and then loving each other. You see, it's all based in love. We couldn't follow the Mosaic law. Nobody could follow the Mosaic law. So when Jesus died, quote, for our sins, not lack of morality, but our incomplete human DNA, the fact that we could never get ourselves out of this debt, he died to ransom us back. And so with that hope, we will, we can depend on the future. He didn't die for nothing. He died right. for a kingdom, not for a religion, a kingdom, a government. So we'll be brought back to that godlike standard and then we'll go on to, to populate planets. Here, here's just a little interesting side note. Women are born with about 400,000 eggs in their ovaries. 
and men never stop making sperm until they die. Now, just to use all those eggs up, passing them once a month, you'd have to live 35,000 years. Is that evidence of genetic of of uh I'm sorry. Is that evidence of evolution? I mean, come on. Uh you're born with 400,000 eggs in your ovaries and you only and you use less than uh 144 in your lifetime? Come on. Well, what's here? Something's wrong. Right. And uh women nowadays we're we're starting to see uh, more and more of this is women being the ages of uh, 35 and over having children now. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, so, that's pretty risky so now, there. So now here's the thing. If we didn't age past the age of 30, and uh, uh, this is in, here's the other side of the coin. Our bodies, not one person listening to my voice tonight, is older than 10 years old physically because our bodies are rebuild themselves every 10 years. Uh, the brain and the bone structure is what takes the longest to rebuild. Some organs rebuild faster, uh, you know, depending on what, what we use up, it, it gets replaced. But the whole body is completely rebuilt once every 10 years, so nobody's older than 10 years old. So why do we look like a bunch of old farts? <laughs> Bad DNA, imperfect DNA, it doesn't replicate properly. But if we have perfect human DNA and our bodies rebuild every 10 years, we would live how long? <laughs> Forever. And you see, if you passed only one egg every every year, because we know something happened in Genesis 3:17, where the the just uh, where Eve uh, is kind of yelled at or reprimanded for what she did for listening to the serpent. Uh, it seems like the cycle uh, of the female cycle was sped up instead of once a month, instead of once a year. Now it's every month, every 28 days approximately. But humans breed like rodents. And humans are the most intelligent animals on the planet. We're like rabbits when we breed. Yeah. You know, it's like every month. If you didn't get pregnant last month, you can pregnant this month. Yeah. Just like a rodent. Uh, and so you got to think about that for a highly intelligent animal. Well, if we lived forever, we wouldn't have to breed like rodents. We could breed more like normal mammals once a year. You know, horses, cows, elephants, elephants, gestation periods, two years almost, so forget that. No woman wants to carry a child for 22, for 22 months. But you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I hear you. So, so then it would take you at least a, a half a million years to use up all those eggs considering, oh, well, maybe every once in a while you got pregnant. So how long do we have? Forever. Yes, and, do, and Peter, I don't Brother, want to live forever, but what if you can travel the stars? Right, that's a different story. It would be a different story, and uh, I, you know, I don't think anyone wants to live forever. Truly, I don't know about all that. Well, maybe well, some people do. Well, when's a I good time to die? A good time to die? I don't know. I guess it depends on the mood, right? Yeah, you see, I face death a lot, and, and I guess there was really never a good time to die. Yeah, because I'm still here. <laughs> and and by the way, on on that note, Peter, um, any anything in in the works, anything new on the horizon here? Yeah, be prepared, folks. Uh, we don't know exactly what's coming down the pike. We do know that a lot of this is going to get flushed out of the government. We should go through a pretty a little period of rough time, and, and I think they're going to try to make this as seamless as possible. But we have a lot of change coming. Uh, getting rid of a lot of bad actors. We may be going to a global currency. Uh, trust me, Putin, Z, and Trump are working together to bring down at least part of the swamp. 
because they have their problems over there in their countries the same as we do here. So it's a worldwide effort to end this. So regardless of what you hear about Russia collusion and, and the, the different tariffs that are being levied against, yeah, they got to stop the bad actors in those countries. That's why those are there. But Putin, Z, and Trump could change this world. And they all met together behind closed doors and away from the cameras back in November. Uh, remember all, all the, the missiles that were flying out of North Korea? Right. We haven't, we haven't seen any missiles since November, have we? We haven't. No, and there's, there's word that North Korea and South Korea are going to unify. There'll be one Korea and it'll be ruled by the royal family. So we'll have to see what happens. But there's also always, there's, there's word right now traveling that, that Trump and, and Z may get the Nobel Peace Prize. Wouldn't that be a slap in the face to the rest of the country? Oh my goodness, yes. The people would be outraged if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. So Peter, we are definitely coming to a close here on the interview and I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. Um, please feel free to plug anything and before you go, I definitely want to just ask you one more thing, but go ahead and plug your website first. Sure, uh, www.peterkling.com. Uh, listen to us on, uh, the final countdown that's on the LNM Late Night in the Midlands radio network on Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern time. That would make it four for you folks out on the West Coast. Uh, it, we covered several different topics. So mental communication was the last one that we had, uh, how we communicate with each other's and with alien life forms. And it all works through uh, how we think and what we think. So uh, we cover some pretty interesting topics there, some world-bending topics, political topics, uh, just about everything. It's, we try to keep up with everything headed to the final countdown. So tune into that. Biggest thing is go get a copy of Letters to Earth. The future is yours because it really is. Uh, we have such a fantastic future ahead, but we have to navigate through this garbage and all the garbage is written out and explained on ha in letters to earth and how we can navigate through it, what we can expect to happen. It's happening now. So, uh, we're going to have a very interesting future, but folks, cities will become death traps. Get out of them if you can. Be prepared for at least 90 days. FEMA and the Red Cross, they should have a three day to go bag. Well, you can, you know, have enough food and water for three days. I prefer 90 days. A year's supply is better. Beans and rice are cheap, and they, they make a complete protein and last a long time. But, however, remember, you can last 40 days without food, only four days without water, and four minutes without air. So uh, keep that in mind. If you live near the coast, move inland. If you live in flat lot, if you live in populated areas, look for moving to more remote areas. Become as self-sufficient as possible. So biggest thing, be prepared for change. It's coming. Oh, yes, it's it coming. is. And my final question here, and it's it's rather silly, but, you know, we, we talked about Joe Biden and Trump fighting. Um, I, I wanted your opinion, though. D do you think you could take Donald Trump in a fight? I'm not sure, but I'd be happy to kick Joe Biden's ass. Do you think you could take Joe Biden in a fight? Nah, it's just that I hate pedophilia, pedophilias, and I would just go crazy on Biden. I would just take him apart. You would lose it and just, just go at him, knock absolutely. him out. Absolutely, my a goodness, absolutely, absolutely, just instantly lose it and and, and render, <laughs> and, and 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 just beat beat him to a pulp for what he has done for every child to every child that he's ever laid a hand on him. Uh, creepy and, and Joe I, Biden. I'd, I'd stop. I'd stop short. 
I'd stop short at ending his life because that's up to God to do. My goodness. Well, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program, Peter. Always an honor and pleasure to talk to you. And we'll definitely touch base again in the very near future, my friend. Absolutely. I'll be online at least off and on, even though we've got a summer project coming up. I'm going to spend a lot of time offline. Uh, we're in a, a nice, safe place, and it's just wild how, how we wound up here. I looked at this house uh, seven years ago and was out of our price range, and now I'm living in it. And the wild thing is I don't own it. A friend of mine does. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Life is good. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, it's – and we're all working to, toward the same goal, and ah, he's yeah. happy to have me here. He's hoping I'll stay here for a year or two, so we'll see what happens. It, it's just uh, just funny. And it's all part of creating our own future. That's it. Once you know how to create your own future, so maybe we'll, we'll focus next show on creating our own future and, and how to make the best out of what we have. Yeah. Because we weren't meant to be slaves. We were meant to be gods. And with that, I'm going to say love and blessings to all. Read letters to earth. The future is yours. Thank you, Peter. And have yourself a good night and God bless. Thank you very much, Michael. You too. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Peter Kling. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you liked I hope you like the guest. I always enjoy having Peter on the program, and right now I'm looking at the time, almost 10 o'clock. It is that time for that glorious break, and of course when I return, I'll be reading some news and hopefully taking your calls out there. I don't want you just sitting around. I'd like you to uh, join in on the fun here. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this break. Mike in Montclair. What's up, Mike? Governor, next time you want to sit on a beach that is closed to the entire world except you, yeah. you put your fat ass in a car and go hey. to one that's open to all your constituents. Uh, well, you know, Not just you and yours. Interesting, Mike. You know what? That What's beach, that? that? What's beach, that, Gov? You know, Mike, I love I love getting calls from communists in Montclair. Communists in Montclair. In Montclair. You know, you're a bully, you governor, are, no, no, and I don't what? like bullies. You know what? And listen, I'm not the one who came on the air. Hey, hold on, Mike. Mike, I'm not the guy who came on the air, swore on the air. Who swore? And so you did. I, 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 get the heck out yeah, of here. You know, you're swearing on the air, Mike. You're 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 a bum. You know, so you let's have so let's just go. But, oh, bad optics, okay? Mike. And I'd love to come look at your optics every day, buddy. And welcome back to the program. Good to see you out there. Hello and welcome back. I hope you have been enjoying this little, this little session here. It's been fun. I'm sorry it took so long. Always nice to see so many of you still locked in. It's been a fun night. Yet again, for those who are new in attendance, let me take a moment to reintroduce myself to all of you. My name is Michael and I am the host and producer of this very unique program. This is a call-in show. Please feel free to call in whenever your heart desires. I'm willing to talk to you for better or for worse. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. There's that number. Don't be shy calling whenever you want. That's if you are brave enough, and I believe Vanessa joins me now. I'm always brave. Yes, see, I'm glad you stepped up. <laughs> I'm always brave enough to talk to you. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I, I, I do appreciate that. And I want to right now go ahead and thank Mr. Phoenix out there in the chat room. 
For those who don't know, he donated. And that's what I want all of you out there to do. If you have a few dollars, go ahead and hit that donate button over at michaeldeacon.com. He paid for the stream. Whoa, Phoenix. That was his donation there. Aw, he's so sweet. He's keeping the cause alive. Fighting the good fight. Well, I mean, you do provide him with voice porn. Voice porn. That's what he calls it. That's true. That is what he calls it, right? (laughs) Yes. Ah, That's very unusual, but very flattering at the same time and very uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. What's more to say, right? Yeah, there's really nothing else. Right. Did you enjoy That's it? You could wrap up the show. Uh, well, show's over. <laughs> By the way, Vanessa, did you listen to that interview? Yes, I did. Was it good? Was it awful? Did it stink? No, it was really good. It did not stink. It was good as usual. He's a chatterbox. He really is, and I like I liked having him on. Yeah. He's fun to talk to. He really is. It's like you're talking to your friend. Right. And by the way, I... I kind of want to fight Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. You do? I kind of want to fight them just to say that I fought them. I mean, that's a it's a good you, it's a good you uh, think thing. You could win? Uh, you know what? Of course. It would be <laughs> cheating to fight them now. Yeah. I but I mean, cool. if we were all in our, if we had some sort of time machine and we both were in our primes, you know, I think I would have a harder time with Trump since he's he's a lot taller. But I, yeah, the thing I, is, I, I have a feeling though that I could get him to the ground and, uh, submit him like I've done to so yeah. many people. So, you know, now it would be not a problem because he's kind of, he's kind of now it, it would be just too easy. Yeah. And by Biden is kind of pervy. Biden might die. Yeah. He looks like someone, if you tip him over, he'll like have a stroke. Yeah. Or you never mind. I'm not going to say, I was going to say something that was not, I was going to say something bad. Never it was mind. not PC. <laughs> No, it was not. And you know me. I like to be PC. Uh, well, you could, I do. You could I, be. I, I try to keep it PC. I do. I don't like to offend anybody. You're trying to keep it rated G? Yeah. Well, rated NC-17. Was it Was it an NC-17 common? It was. You could, yeah. You could let it fly. It's fine. No, it's too late now. I killed it. Oh, it's, it's over. The vibe is done. Yeah, it's done. We've moved on. All right, moving on. I was yeah. actually reading a Florida news a few minutes ago of some guy that beat his friend with a bat oh, over wait, $5. Hold, hold on, hold on. First, before you, you go off and tell us about that, I have to say <laughs> that this is Vanessa, and she is the Florida correspondent. To yeah, that's the, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so well, go go ahead. In Florida news, um, a Florida man beats his friend with a bat over $5. Wow, over $5. Yeah. Yeah, because the guy only had $3, and he owed him $5. So he beat him with a bat, and then, like, he ran his car into uh, a fence. I don't know. I just felt when I read that, I was like, Michael would love this. I would love that, and I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Again, Florida, what is going on with with you out there? I I wonder if this guy was under the influence of any narcotics, or was he drinking? Did he have a bad breakup with a girlfriend? What what happened here? I mean, he's... It, it, it's central Florida, and they're a little crazier. A little there. nutty, a little yeah, okay. Yeah, and um, I mean, he's a white guy. He's thirty-one. Caucasian, thirty-one. <laughs> yeah, and a uh, white guy, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was mad about the five dollars. Yeah, he was pissed off, and he had to go and um, get his comeuppance there. Yeah, I mean, five dollars. I mean, that's Taco Bell. That, that's a long way. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what another week 
we've survived, we've got self-driving cars causing fatal accidents. Vanessa, now teachers are armed. Don Imus is retiring soon, uh, exploding packages and school shootings. It's, it is ridiculous, right? I mean, that's just another week. It's just another week, right? It's yeah. Insane. I thought it was low key, actually. Did you? Not much happened. <laughs> you thought it was a little too quiet? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. nah, uh, it's been whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you think of self-driving cars? Well, I'm not getting in one of those. No. I don't, don't trust, trust them. No, nah, I don't trust that at all. I've driven a Tesla before. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I thought it was the most amazing vehicle you could ever get inside of. Yeah. They are truly something else. And I'm not really, I mean, I like cars and all of that, but it's not. You're not, not a car buff? No, to, to be honest with you, I'm really not. I, yeah. I have my set of cars that I do fancy, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really much of a car guy. Some people well, consider that I am. Everyone that I've met that is a car guy is usually an ass. Yeah, and well, I'm not really it's a car to guy. compensate for something. Uh huh. I only yeah. know, yeah, I only know about the cars that I like, though. Okay. So yeah. my interest does not go too far into that. Mm-hmm. But yes, once I got inside that Tesla, though, that was a game changer. Is that your dream car? Mmm, kinda. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Well, that's nice. Yeah, but the Tesla, I'm telling you, once you drive one of those, it's over. You're gonna want one. Not sponsored. Oh, my goodness. Imagine if this show was sponsored by Tesla. That would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah. But sadly, they have not contacted me. No. I'm, yes. heartbro- I'm heartbroken. Now. Heartbroken. Right now. Uh, who knows? But <laughs> the thing is, uh, also, I wanted to say I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Nothing but positive responses from everyone who listened to last week's show. People really enjoyed that guest and really liked that. The segment with me reading emails and all that stuff. People, it was really good. People liked that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know it's been a long time since I've said some of those things out, out there about myself. Yeah, you opened up. It's been a long time. Did you feel vulnerable after? I really did, you know. I, <laughs> I, I, had, I had lots of trouble trying to listen to that one back, and I, I really didn't. That's that's another reason why it was uploaded so quickly. Yeah, you didn't hear it again. You didn't want to hear your 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 true feelings. No, I didn't want to go back into that. No. No, not really. You got it out there, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I just did not want to listen to it again. I, I thought once was enough. <laughs> like I said, it's been a long time since I've said some of those things that will affect myself to a certain degree. And like like I've told all of you out there listening, doing this very program has soured. Uh, friendships and relationships. I, I try not to uh, talk about the show in my personal life as much as I possibly can. However, people always wonder, where does Michael run off to every Saturday night? Oh, where do you run off to? Right here on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. Duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm so right here. Oh, I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm right here talking to all of you. <laughs> I forgot. Um, they, so they don't know about, the, they know about the show. Some people do, but, but they don't really truly know. Oh wow. How do you keep the secret? Some people know. Some people ask me nonstop about the show. Oh. One of some, uh, yeah, I have some of those relationships too. That they want favors? Not that they want favors, but 
Yeah, you know, they're in my personal life and, and they want to know about the show and they're constantly asking me different questions. And oh. I'm not, I'm not angry, by the way, if you're listening to this, not them, but uh, those who are not close to me mm-hmm. and, you know, outsiders looking in. Uh, I I do appreciate that sort of thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm flattered, but it's, I'm constantly talking about it with with those people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just saying that's the conversation I I have with them. And I never knew that would ever happen. They're interested. Yeah. They care. I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. But yes, that's what's been going on. And nonetheless, though, lots of folks out there really enjoyed that second half of the program with uh, Robert Vandenbroek. If you have not listened to that, go back and listen to that at michaeldeacon.com or on YouTube by searching End of Days, and you'll find you'll find the little logo there, and that's where you'll find this channel. My favorite part about searching End of Days on YouTube is that uh, the Arnold movie comes out first. That's the first one. Yeah. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great movie. Every time I see that, I, I, I must watch it. It is a really good movie. I like when he says, you're a fuck, oh, sorry, bleak. Um, you you're could, you could say it. <laughs> you're a fucking choir boy compared to me. I love that part. That's a good line, though. It is. I mean, I use it in my real life all the time. Yeah. You know, another thing I notice, people often ask me here, can, can I use profanity? It's like they're, they're afraid. Well, I mean, like, I'm not you stopping you. You could say whatever the hell you want. Oh, okay. There's no, you don't say, you don't, you don't use profanity that much. Well, when it's necessary, I do. Okay. Because it sounds funny. It it does. Coming from me, it sounds a lot funnier. Yeah, it's true. But no, <laughs> I, I drop lots of profanity in my normal life. If okay. you could call my life normal, but yeah. Yeah. I know you have a favorite word. Oh, no. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, you're going to make me start saying it now. <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to influence I'm not. me. I'm not. But yes, Vanessa, I'm glad you're here. It's it's. It, I think it's time to answer some more questions people have been wondering Okay. And I'm thankful some of you out there care, and I, I do enjoy doing this program and talking to you out there, wherever you are. And l- let's get right to it. There was also some YouTube comments that I did want to read. Okay, I'm your sidekick now, I've noticed. You are, yeah, you're the co-host here. Oh, wow. But here's okay. here's the thing, though, but, but before I get into that, that was just a small teaser there. Okay. Here's the thing, I did want to ask you something really quickly about uh, social media. And okay. I, I know you only have what, like a, a Twitter account, correct? Yes. You don't have Facebook or, or much of anything else, right? No, I, I had Facebook. Uh, the last time I had Facebook was like in 2011. It got weird because like my grandmother started getting Facebook. Oh my God. So yeah, once like old people got it, it was like already like, yeah, it's not cool anymore. No? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so th- this kind of has to do with, with one of the emails I got. So okay. I, I thought I could merge, you know, your opinion and my opinion into this, but this comes from a listener named Andrew and okay. he emails in with, hi, Michael, I'm a new listener. I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on Facebook and it's contributing to our, oh, it says, and if it's contributing to our society's breakdown. Wow. That's kind of scary. Thanks for doing the show. I'll stay listening. Well, that was a fast email there. Well, well, thank you, Andrew. And I'm glad you're enjoying the program. Definitely keep listening. Lots of surprises all over the place. I, I honestly can't believe how many episodes I've already done. Can you, Vanessa? No, you've done a lot. It's been a smooth ride. And you have a ride. lot of subscribers. You're almost like, you almost have like five thousand. Nice. Yeah, it's been a smooth ride. Yeah. I, I've been enjoying it, having 
having too much fun behind the microphone here. Look at me knowing all the numbers. You know that you know the facts. That's <laughs> yeah. why you're co-hosting here. You know the numbers. Uh, that, that's right. That is right. And now, as far as social media goes, here's that conversation. Uh, okay. Speaking of which, I actually had that conversation randomly a few nights ago, but not exactly that specific one. But I had this talk about Facebook with a friend of mine. They they brought it up and how they have some people on the friends list that they've had on there for multiple years and they've never interacted with them before and they're still there. And that that reminded me of how there's so many people on my friends list as well on Facebook there that I know personally, but I don't ever hang out with those people. I don't ever interact with them at all. I just don't. And and I'm asking myself now, why do I even have these people on here for? And I said this before. Uh, I said this before on the program, and I'll say it again. Some of you people out there listening who have been listening for a few years now, you guys know me better than those who have known me for over ten years. Isn't that something? Yep. That's pretty scary, well, why right? Why do you have? Why do you have them on there? Curiosity. I don't know why. I'm hitting you with the questions. (laughs) You really are. I I really don't know why I have them on there. I've known them for so long, but you guys, even you, Vanessa, you know me better than some of these people do. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the people in the chat room know me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some of the people in this chat room know know me a lot better. It's ridiculous. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, Facebook might end up as, uh, it might end up meeting the same demise, rather, as of MySpace. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I like MySpace, actually. Mark Zuckerberg better get start uh better start getting ready to hang out with Tom. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of funny both of those guys have very immensely punchable faces, right? They do. They actually they look very similar. They like they they meet they 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 fit like a certain type of look. I want to punch Tom right in that right in his stupid face. Right in his stupid avatar that we've seen for millions of years. Just punch him right in the jaw. Mhm. Same with Mark Zuckerberg. He has that face, right? Yeah. Well, what I don't is like it? Any what, of them. what is it with that face? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. It's just it's it's just their face. <laughs> just like uh that that guy. Oh yeah, David Hogg. David Hogg. Yeah, he he, he also has, has it. Yeah. His face is like compressed in together like someone grabbed it. Yeah, his face they actually, his he face. looks like he he kills like cats like on his free time. Oh, you think he might be a psychopath? For sure. He probably might be. You never know. He's still very young. He looks like it. He might he end up killing like... someone soon. Never know. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of the neighbor in Toy Story. You know, the, oh, the Sid. Right, Sid. Mm-hmm. That's a great character, right. by the way. It is. <laughs> but yeah, Hog, though. Yeah, another guy I would just like to punch in the face. What do you think about his salute? Do you think he was just excited and he just did that salute? The Hitler what? salute he did? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, well, I, I wouldn't go that far. I'm just joking. I don't, I don't know if he really did do that, but. It, no, it looked, I think he was just excited. He, yeah, he was just all excited, happy that there's people there. That care about him. Yeah, he, he was hyped up. Mm-hmm. But still, very punchable face. For sure. Just punch him right there. And no matter what he says or does, he has a very punchable face. <laughs> right. Let, let's get into another email here. Okay. All right. One more. Um. How do we drift off from Facebook to that? I don't know. That That's the beauty of the program. <laughs> yeah. We just go all over the place here. It's a great time on the second half. Uh, for those who are new to the program, like I said, we like to have a good time here on the second half of the program. Let our hair down a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's a good time, right? 
Yeah, very. So this email here says, Michael Deacon, this was the first show I ever listened to, and they sent me like a little a little link there to, mm-hmm. I think it was an episode with James Fetzer. And he goes, you are truly all-American, no bullshit. Fantastic response to email trash, but you must stop. My sides are hurting and my face is wet. Ha, 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 ha. Damn it, I can't stop. Please let me have a drink with you some night during your show. Let me know what night because I rarely drink. But for this occasion, I will go buy a small bottle. P.S. Stephanie Quayle is a fake. Uh, he, I, I know he meant Stephen Quill, but he called him Stephanie Quill. <laughs> I like that, and that, that's true. He is uh, very thin-skinned. Um, mm-hmm. And he named some other YouTuber here, and he mentioned that Quill refuses to debate him on uh, biblical facts. And it says, sincerely, your fan, Kyle. I won't say his last name, but yes. Thank you, Kyle. That is a good email there. I do appreciate you tuning in. And, uh, he, he must have, yeah, I, I think he heard me when I was trashing a few people on that show. Oh, yes. I trashed everyone there. I think I even trashed, uh, Fox News. Yeah, you're funny when you trash people. No, well, it's my favorite thing to do. And, and speaking of which, I'll, I'll, I'll trash Fox News right now. Okay, go like, right ahead. I feel like doing that right now. <laughs> By the you way, feel it? I feel it, yeah. But you know what? I'm going to begin with, with, uh, with Trump really quickly here. Since he seems to be oh. on everyone's mind. You know, he's kind of like our generation's JFK. Yeah. In a really weird way. You think? Are you sure? I, I kind of think so. I, I kind of think so. You're going to make some people mad. I, I'm going to make everyone mad, but it, it's kind of <laughs> funny to me. But anyways, uh, I just think it, it, it's horrifying to be uh, in the public eye. I mean, yeah. I I can't believe it. You know, I've had some interactions with, with people that do listen to this show, and they turn very fanboyish when they meet me in person and it's happened to me here in a, in a small local coffee shop uh, someone marked out and they kind of made a big scene there and of course wow. everybody was staring at me and it was very unusual i'm not used to that sort of thing and it it made me realize like i can i can't even imagine what it must be like if you're on television with a national audience and there, there's all these people that know who you are and they're following your every move God damn, that must be exhausting. Yeah, you always have to like behave a certain Holy way. Holy shit, I can't, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, I, I, that, that would take some getting used to. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking about that, and yeah, Fox News, that network out there, shame on those people. It's such a, such a strange thing once you read into Fox News and what's going on behind the scenes of Fox News. I, I think I think Fox News has paid over. I think it, it must have been, if I remember correctly, it might have been uh, Bill Riley who those who forgot. I think he paid up to like thirteen million dollars to five women to settle a sexual harassment uh, claim there. Wow, that's, that's a lot, lot of goddamn money. Yeah, they have to fire everybody and hire new people. It's it's outrageous. I never knew that Fox News was operating like that. Someone had mentioned. I think it was that who was that woman. Andrea Tenteros, I think her name is. She had said something mm-hmm. like Fox News operates like a, a sex-fueled playboy mansion cult. I think that's where her exact words. Wow, that's crazy because they look so... Like, they look so normal and so funny they, and happy. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of the perception we are always fed by everyone around us. We're kind of yeah. fed that, you know, we're happy here. You know, you see your neighbor, 
You see them through the window there, and they're happy. You know, you see the family, everyone's happy, blah, blah, blah. But they hate themselves. But you never know what's going on. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. That's the thing. That is true. That is true. Some scary shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, Fox News is being sued by the parents of Seth Rich. Oh, God. That's Yeah, that's going down. Fox News has to pay lots of money out there. I even think, uh, you know, another thing, if I remember correctly, Roger Ailes, former Roger Ailes, he's gone. I think he had asked Tenteros if, if Gutfield was gay. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of funny. And, but do wow, you don't man. think that maybe, okay, but you believe that? Believe what? But like, I'm sorry, I had a drink before. I Have you been drinking, <laughs> Vanessa? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I had a drink before I called in. I'm sorry. You drunk? It's Saturday night, dude. I know. I I should have drank before doing this program. Yeah, I know. I'm I admit it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to I'm the, sorry. the listeners. I distracted you because I was distracted. I'm sorry. That's all right. All right. So, sorry, I lost you there. That's all right. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was just going over the whole. I feel like Phoenix right now. Phoenix, he's out there. I feel like him right now. He's in the chat room. Remember when he called in super drunk? Yeah, that was awesome. He was slurring. See, I'm not there. I'm we, not there yet. We need him back. Yeah, right now we need him right we need now. Him. <laughs> by the way, there was also a, a gentleman by the name of Jester in the chat room. He has not drank, and I forgot exactly how long he said in the chat room. And I told well, him. I, I told him. Do, wait, but people drink when they call your show, and they drink when they listen to your show. It's only fair if you're drunk. Too. People drink. People get high. They do all sorts of shit before they they tune in or while they're listening, rather. Yeah, and that's not that's fair because you're sober. Yeah, I should. Yeah, that's I should not drink. fair. It's not fair. I should have drank a little bit. I I apologize. You should always get drunk by the second half. Mm. It would it would make for a very sloppy second half. So it doesn't matter. Those are my favorites. Sloppy so. and drunk. The second. Oh wait, I don't know what. I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder. Going back to Fox News here. Uh, let's not forget <laughs> Eric Bowling. Uh, you know, allegedly he had sent some, uh, pictures of his genitals to some of the women there. And I'm still wondering who the hell did he send those to? And, uh, I wonder what, what time he must have been doing that. It must have been, he must have been drunk, in other words. Yeah, probably. And by the way, I, by the way, I, just to clear this up, I'm not afraid to talk about this. It's not like I won't ever be on the red eye at two in the morning. So, you know, uh, I'm I'm more than happy to talk about all this here, so don't be afraid. But yeah, Fox News, Jesus Christ, good lord, I don't know what's going on with those people there. Shut them down. It's embarrassing, to be honest. But whatever, though, right? Uh, people are gonna have fun and and make mistakes and have a good time doing those things, right? I mean, people they find the thrill in sending their genitals to people. I guess what? so. There is, just, just there be is careful. thrilling about it. I just, don't know. Just don't be know. careful for those people out there who are going to run for uh, some sort of political career of, of some sort. Yeah, not to send your yeah, genitals. Be today. careful. Yeah. Be very careful. And speaking of um, social media and all that stuff, did you <laughs> notice Jim Carrey lately? Yes, and his beautiful artwork. He's been at it on Twitter posting those uh, por- portraits there. Yeah, he, I mean... I've known for a while that you know that he he's like an artist and stuff. I knew that, but, but yeah, I didn't know he was getting down like that though. Yeah, I mean, I guess he wanted. I don't know. I gotta admit, he isn't that awful. 
No, he's not. He's actually super talented because he's like kind of, you know, he's kind of crazy. And I guess he he's is, kind of crazy. He is batshit crazy. Yeah, you're kind of artistic when you're batshit crazy. Yeah, he's a little autistic. Yeah. Uh-oh. Don't say that again. Oh, no. I'm going to get into that in, in a minute here once I find that photo. Where is that? Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's the next YouTube comment I'm going to read. Well, the only comment I think I might read here. Since, okay. you know, we're, we're having a good time here, we don't need to go into that right away, but... Um, I'm like I said. I must admit, he he's not a bad painter. He's no, a lot. He's, not. he's a lot better than I am. I have to confess. I hated every single art teacher I ever had in my entire life. They yeah, because you hate authority. Um, well, that's partially true. But let me let me um, clear that up. Okay. They always had some 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 sort of a weird thing about them. Um, going back to my seventh grade art teacher, who was an alcoholic. Um, I recall multiple kids seeing her tiptoe towards the back room there to take a drink out of something inside of a brown paper bag. Wow. And, she um, wrapped it up. She sure did. I don't know what was going on with her, but allegedly that's what was going on. I saw something myself one time. I didn't see her in the act of drinking it, I believe. I just saw a brown paper bag with a beverage in there. And now that I'm older, she might have been drinking some rum or some hard liquor in there. Some vodka? Some vodka. Maybe some vodka going on in there. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what was going on with her, but I'm still quite positive there are many like her out there teaching uh-huh. your kids right now. That is crazy, and that is why I will not have kids. Not because of alcoholics, but because I just, it's weird now, and I don't trust anybody. I don't even trust the teachers. They're sleeping with the students all, all the time now. Yeah. People, people running uh across state lines with with underage kids now that is sick yeah you hear about that yeah i did actually <laughs> good lord i can't believe these kind of people exist that's gross anyway jim carrey has been on a tear these are less than flattering uh paintings i must say by the way and i think they're amusing while others are losing their minds over it yeah, I mean, they're like he never used to. He just got into like the politics. He's always done like artwork, but like all of a sudden he just started like you know. And then I guess people like it caused so much like buzz, and then now he's like that's all he's putting out there. Yeah, he likes to troll people. Yeah, he actually has one with a troll. I saw one with a troll. <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's not that dumb. No. Yeah, his latest artwork was titled Fifty Shades of Decay," I believe. Yeah, I saw it was um, stormy and yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was funny because it shows a woman pulling out his hair. Oh God! Give me a little yeah. chuckle there. Yeah, I don't see a lot of your listeners like Trump. Of course, a lot of them do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want, I don't like making anybody mad, and you love making people mad. Of course. <laughs> of course, I do. Yeah. That's the name of the game here. But yeah, no, it, it is nice though. It was, it was nice. That's kind of an inside thing though. Lots of people that listen mm-hmm. and don't listen, they still don't, they've never picked up on it yet. On you being mean? Yeah. No, you're actually a very nice person. Well, yeah. To you a certain are, degree. I'm, oh, look, I'm going to expose Michael right now. He's oh, actually no. very nice. How dare you? <laughs> Should have said I was mean. No, you are not. You're actually very nice. That's true. Yes. <laughs> By the way, here's a little news from our friends in Florida. Your 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 stomping, your stomping grounds, and for once they did something I actually agree with. And how shocking, right? What? Oh God! What? Your governor Rick Scott, he signed off on a measure that would let Florida stay on daylight saving time all year long. 
Oh, thank God. See, I didn't even know that. It's called the Sunshine Protection Act. Oh, is that the, it's always going to be the same time? Right. I don't like that. Why do you like that? Always the same time because I don't like having to change time. Yeah, but then it's never, it's, I like that winter time when it gets dark. But early. you, you, oh, you like that though. I do like that because I hate the sun. Ah, I didn't <laughs> think about it that way, but uh, you know, I, I don't, it's a lot. I don't go Wait. out until the sun goes down. You know, I'm a vampire. That is true, but now you have to wait an extra, well, I have to wait an extra hour now. Threw me all off. You'll be all right. I don't know. Now we have a four-hour time difference. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up this long. You'll you'll be able to hang. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So let, let's let's go to one YouTube comment here. That was pretty funny. Okay. I know which one it is. Yeah. It says sometimes you piss off the autistic crowd out there, and that was in quotations. Mm-hmm. Was that comment really called for? My 23-year-old son, who is truly brain injured, autistic, by the way a low IQ, or his truly autistic peers wouldn't and couldn't do that. Another diagnosis comes to mind, uh, which any holistic, of course, they spelled that wrong. Uh, they, they spelled it holistic doctor. He has ever had will tell you is not autism, but they won't state it pub- publicly. Uh, mental illness and brain injury are two very different things and very controversial if you don't live it. Nice program. And that was from a woman named Susan. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe her son is autistic? Uh, to be honest with you, no. I think I think she's trolling. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I don't even think she's real. And I think there's someone calling in here. Caller, are you alive? Uh, hello. Is this? Oh, Phoenix. Is this Phoenix? Yeah. Oh God, he knew. I, he heard I was drunk, and he's like, oh, "That's my." He had. That was his <laughs> cue. That was his cue. <laughs> What's up, dude? How how are you, Phoenix? I I gotta say thank you for uh, your donation. You helped fund the program for another month here. That's great. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. I really appreciate so, that, my you, friend. No, it's all good. It's all good. It warms so, my heart. How are you guys doing? Oh, I know, I know. But so, how are you guys doing? Oh, we're we're doing fantastic here. We're having a great time. Vanessa has been drinking. <laughs> No, no, I had no, to, you know, no, you know, been, I had to drink a little something. It's Saturday night. Good point. That's right, man. It's like, yeah, it's good like, point. It's like, but I know, exposed Michael by saying he was a nice guy, and yeah. now I feel bad. No, I don't feel good. Yeah, I, I feel bad now. Just edit that part. Out. I know. Just edit it out. Just delete <laughs> yeah. this part. Yeah, and this part too. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll delete all this. But we'll just delete the whole we'll, thing. We'll, yeah, we'll just want to release this. We just won't, we'll just stop being the show. Yeah. <laughs> just quit. Just quit while we're ahead. How do you feel about Toys R Us closing? Toys R Us? Yeah. Well, Toys R Us, you know, they've had their time and, and their time is gone now. See, you don't have, you don't, you don't get attached to things. You don't have any nostalgia in you. Not, that's not true. I do. You do? With music. With with a lot of things. But, you know, Toys R Us, it, they, it comes, it goes. They're another corporation that falls. Yeah, but then, like, there's no toy stores now. Well, eBay. And you gotta, that's not a store. It's an electronic store. You don't go in there and look at, play with the toys and buy toys. Who the hell plays with the toys? <laughs> Are you playing with toys, Vanessa, in, in like, Toys R Us? <laughs> no, I might need to, though. <laughs> 
It yeah. would be fun, though, you know, that's for old times' sakes, fun. yeah. But, yeah, Toys R Us are going down, and that's the way it goes. And, you know, let me let me go back really quickly to that that uh, that YouTube comment really quickly here. Oh, sure. Sorry. Um, you know, I, I did respond to them, and I told them, absolutely, it certainly was called for. Anyone who's spending a significant amount of time online will inherit shades of autism, myself included. And then I hit her with the Hakuna Matata. Oh, what a wonderful phrase. Exactly. I mean, I I kind of leave in, in high spirits there, a little mean, but I don't exactly know what, what this woman's angle was, why she thought it was necessary to apply anything from her to uh, the program. It had nothing to do with her son. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think she just... Um, she got triggered. She got triggered, you know, mental illness and all that. She got. She has <laughs> mental illness, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably is Phoenix all right? Phoenix is still there. Okay. I could hear him, sorta. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm, yeah. I'm listening. He's listening. He's listening. He, he's listening. Yeah, okay. I only have one more YouTube comment, and then I'll stop. Well, I'll stop no. with this little segment here. But uh, someone also uh, commented on YouTube. Uh, Michael is by far the best interviewer, hands down. Um, that's very nice. And then I got all sorts of uh, responses, uh, after that, after that person left that, that comment there. And some that people, very nice. yeah, that's very nice of him. And then, um, someone, uh, commented, uh, this is someone named area 51. They said, you got to be kidding or deaf. Michael sounds like a freaking, uh, robot with his boring, monotone speech patterns. There are a ton of great interviewers in the field, and Michael is not one of them. Whoa. I like that comment. I, that I actually I actually went and put a little heart on that one. That was good. I like uh, that. So, uh, people people uh, got mad. You know, you know okay, I, I think a little bit of offense at that, because Michael, you know, you uh, have one of the most beautiful voices <laughs> in radio, man. I'm talking like Dude, like, you can talk to people, you speak to people, you're very calm, you're very, I don't know, man, you're like, you talk to people like they're humans. No, you don't judge people, you treat everybody cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I I, I try. Damn it, Michael, now everybody knows you're a nice guy. Damn it. I know, I'm ruining ruining everything now. (laughs) Everything's ruined. It's gone to hell. (laughs) But yeah, um, some people did not like that. Some people did like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it happens. Some people don't like that. And another one I get here all the time is Michael Deacon is a CIA shill. Watch out, people. I like that yeah. one. I like that bullshit. one, too. That one's funny. That one is really good. Yeah. Bullshit. That one's really cute. Because if you were, right, you would, you know, you would be rich. I would be very rich. And and one more here because it, it's just so funny. Uh, yeah, Lincoln Park sucks. MK Ultra mind and emotion control garbage. That was from a, a YouTuber named Creations Vibration. A lot of the comments, I will say, a lot of the comments that you get, because sometimes I do go back and I look at them, they're kind of little too long to read. Some of them are very, very long. And some of them are like drunk people. They're like, really crazy. weird. Yeah, they're like really weird. Like you need to read them slowly and like, you're like, what? <laughs> And it's all full of misspellings and all sorts of weird, uh, things there. It's, it's ridiculous. And 
<laughs> it, it, it is. But bring it on. It, yeah. yeah, it is funny to read these comments, though. Don't get me wrong. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I just hope these people are are okay mentally, though. Yeah. Some of them seem very troubled. Well, some of them have autistic sons. That's true. <laughs> no, apparently. Yeah. I guess you can't you can't make jokes about it anymore. No, that that kind of sucks. You can't make jokes anymore. Can't make jokes. You can't you can't do anything anymore. Yeah, everyone's so mad. I know you always have to second guess yourself. All the fun is gone. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in like the nineties, <laughs> you could just say stuff. You, you could just say, say stuff, stuff all the time. You could just kind yeah. of troll. Yeah, you could say all kinds of stuff. Those were better times. They were. They were simpler times. People wouldn't get offended. And now everyone cries. Well, what I I find amusing is that, you know, okay, okay, I have a confession, guys. I'm white. I know. You know, I'm (laughs) I'm a white guy. But That's shocking. Do I have white? I know. It's scary. But do I have... I mean, this whole thing about white privilege. I'm like, what the fuck is white privilege? And, and, am I privileged because I'm white? No. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, yeah. there's so much bullshit going on in the world, and it's just crazy, man. But, it's he, crazy. but Phoenix, um, now I'm curious about you now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I know now I want to know about you. I want to know a little bit about you. Yeah, I want to get to know you now. Oh, that's I need cool. to know you so, now. What? Well, I think he likes l- that. L- l- what's going on with you, Phoenix? I mean, what exactly do you do well, when when you're not, you know, listening to this program? What do you do when you're not I drunk? work, dude. Yeah, well, what do you do dude, at work? I work. Yeah, or, well, what's going on at work? I work from home. I'm a medical coder, so I work from home. Um, so, like, for example... You know, I input information into a computer system. Let's say that you have, I don't know, cocoa, I don't know, whatever. But so what I do is I do my thing, you know. I work from home. I'm I'm happy with that and stuff. And so, but that's just a small part of what I do. Sure. I mean, what, I mean, what do you, I mean, I don't know, man. What do you want to know? Well, that's kind of, understand the question. well, that's kind of what I was, you know, wanting to know. Oh, okay. Yeah, what what you do and um, what are other things yeah. you got going on? I mean, I'm sure you have likes and hobbies, right? Well, of course, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be something else you're passionate about, right? Please don't ask me these questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, all right, I'm 51 years old. Okay. What, so you're, you're what? For a while. He's 51. Just, oh, wow, he sounds Yeah, younger. 51. Yeah, you sound like a young man. Thank you. I thought you were like 35, Thank you. 36. No. I thought he was no, younger. I thought no, he sounded I'm younger just, than that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, well, you're just, now you're just being sweet, Mike. Like, no, I'm being your I'm, normal self. No, I'm being honest. I always thought he was a lot younger. Yeah? No, I'm, 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 I'm much older. I'm also Wiccan. You're a Wiccan, okay. Okay. Yes, I'm a witch. You're with the arts. No, not that. Um, I graduated high school. Uh, See, and right there is a problem. Oh, because that's just like that. See, right there is asking a person, um, you know, do you do good magic or bad magic? Do you? I no, I 
actually, I don't care. I don't care what kind of magic you do as long as you don't hurt animals. Do you hurt animals when you do magic? No. Okay, then you're good. See, I'm right there. <laughs> you're crazy. I, no, because here no, in Miami, no, the people that are like, you know, the, do magic, they're brujeros. Right. And they do, they, they cool. sacrifice animals and shit. I'm not okay well, with that. Okay, no. Okay, see right there. <laughs> people who sacrifice animals are, hey, so, hey, hold on. Let's step back from that. You know, magic is what neither just happened to the second half? nor that. Uh-huh. Do what? Okay, continue. Uh-huh. No, I'm just saying magic is neither uh-huh. good nor bad. Right. It can be used for both. It depends on, it's just like a gun. A gun can be used for good or for bad. It's a neutral yes. thing. Magic okay. is good. And and how long have you been into that? Yeah, and how long have you been into this, my friend? Into what? Into the arts. Into into <laughs> into magic. I'm sorry. Into the arts. Oh my god, dude. I was initiated into my first coven when I was eighteen years old. Oh, so you started oh, wow. young. Fifty one. Yeah, you've been into yeah. it for a while. Oh, I didn't know yeah. this about him. But I know it's there in that. But, so, you know, it's like everything on the planet, you know, there are good things and bad things, and you can use them for both. You know, it depends on magic, for example, can be used for good or evil, depending on how you focus that intention. The intent is what makes it good or bad, right? Yeah, I know. When I asked you, I was playing. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Phoenix, you're you're awesome. You know, so, Vanessa, uh, wait, I want to ask. I have a question. I have a question. When did you? How did you find Michael's show? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how I found. Um, you were drunk one night. Were you drunk? Were you drinking? I don't. I don't know. I found Michael's show. I really, honestly, don't remember how I found um, Michael's show. That's all right. I mean, I was probably. I mean, truthfully, I don't know how I found Michael's show, but whatever it was, however I found it, it, it was magic. But I'm um, no, no, I don't want to say that. But it was no, but it was like okay. when I heard his voice, it was like it was like was magic, truth, dude. No. no, but it was like when I heard his voice, it was like, damn, this dude is telling some truth. This was- guy is. What was it like the time when you listened to Elton John? Oh, God. No. It wasn't that good. No, dude. No. <laughs> Damn you. Dude, no. Come on, guys. Stop fucking with me, right? No, I'm, I'm listening. Vanessa's drunk over there. <laughs> no, I'm not drunk. <laughs> that shit's gone. That shit lives. Well, she's actually, sober now. You know what yeah, I'm sober now. Actually, do you know what it was? I think I heard Michael on another show. And I heard his voice, and I was like, well, damn. You know, and I was like, well, shit. Okay, let's find that guy because he's talking, and I hear him, and he's talking reality, and he makes sense. And then I was uh-huh. like, bam, 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 and I found him. And then I found out he magic. had his own show called In the Days, and I found <laughs> In the Days, and I was like, well, shit, there he is. <laughs> okay. There he is. That was a great story. That's a good story, yeah. <laughs> I know. And and you, but I don't remember. But you don't remember. I don't remember. No. Some of the no, best times I've exactly. ever had. I, you know, some of the best times I've ever had in my life. I don't remember. 
Really? Well, you no, want to tell us about him? No, I don't remember. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I don't remember exactly what the other show was called that I heard Michael on. It wasn't. It's first, not important because it's not Michael's show. The, it's not that the host of the show stink. No, he was not bad. Oh, he was good. Oh. Because you know, yeah. I've been on shows where the host just stinks on ice. Uh oh. No, no, no. It was no. There were there were three. There were three people that were speaking. Oh god. There was you, Michael, and then there was another guy and another guy and. Michael stood out. When you were talking, he did, and I was like, "Well, shit! All right, that guy's cool." And so then I did a little search and whatever, you, whatever, you and whatever. You tracked him down. Your show. Well, don't. Well, that sounds kind of that sounds kind of <laughs> creepy, but. <laughs> you did a little. You but, worked yeah. a little magic on your computer, and you looked him up. You looked me up. You looked me up on no. Uh, Facebook. No, 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 no. I'm joking, Phoenix. No. It's okay. okay. Joking um, with you. That's cool. But no, 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 no. Because I heard Michael. There were three people on that one show that I heard. There was. I don't remember who they were. But and so okay. Anyway, y'all are just like. All right. We, we love you, friends. We we love and cherish your call. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, well, we love talking to you. Right. Blah, blah, blah. It's all uh, love. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So what? I ended up finding Michael Deacon in the days, and so I've been there ever since. Yeah. All right. And yes, it was right? a, it was a good question, to be honest. Yeah, that's that a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. It's it's a good answer, and I'm happy he's here. He's a great well, caller, great contributor to the program. He donated money, which I am forever grateful for, because he's continuing the good fight here on the program. That's right. Got to do that, and really appreciate that right. call. And uh, Phoenix, any any further words before I let you vanish into the night? No, I don't think so. No, I will say one thing. Go ahead. I, don't, I mean, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of, you know, conspiracy theory, you know, people. You know, I listen to a lot of people who talk about things that are, I don't know, esoteric things that are not of the mainstream, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, my boy here. Michael Deacon, he speaks truth. He speaks with honesty. He talks to people, um, and he treats people with a lot of respect. Yeah, that's true. And, he's nice. You see, yeah. we exposed him again. I know. So, so my thing is, you know, if you know, if everybody on the planet listens to just one podcast, it should be. This Michael Deacon thing because he's the real <laughs> deal. He's a good That's guy, right? That's very nice of you to say. You're welcome. That's great. I, yeah, I appreciate great. that. Those are very kind words. And uh, mm-hmm. the checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, but no, all, all kidding aside, I I do appreciate you calling in and hanging out with me and Vanessa here, and of course donating money. Always a great thing to do, and. My goodness, it's always fun to talk to everyone out there. And, of course, you, Phoenix, you're always in in high uh, spirits, in good spirits, rather. And, you know, we, we appreciate that sort of thing. Yeah, he likes spirits. He likes lots of spirits. That's true, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I like spirits as well. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to roam around in this house for whatever reason. It's almost like something's attached to me. 
that is scary. But I don't like to talk about that sort of thing anymore. I kind of moved away from that, that chapter. So you just live with them? Uh, yeah, best as I can. Just try to ignore it. But, yeah, that's a whole different story there. And, yeah, Phoenix, th- thanks for the call, my friend. I appreciate you being out there and, and being a friendly voice out there in the dark. Thank you, Phoenix, for making me look sober. <laughs> thank you, Vanessa, for being beautiful. And thank you, uh-huh. Michael, for doing what you do. You guys just totally fucking rock, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You do, too, my friend. All right. Good night, my friend. Take care. Be safe. And, and, uh, I love him. yeah, and there he goes. Great guy. Mm-hmm. He donated. Of course he's a great guy. Oh, God. Fighting Michael. the good fight. God damn it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was, uh, fake hyped right there. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see this story about this, uh, ABC correspondent? No. He came out as, uh, HIV positive. Oh, God. His name is, uh, Carl Schmidt. Mm-hmm. He's a on-camera reporter for ABC's Los Angeles affiliate. I guess he came out as a HIV positive on a Friday night on on Facebook of all places. Oh God, Facebook! Yeah, took to Facebook there. And everybody's praising him, right? Uh, by the way, someone—I think he said this himself, if I recall that article. He said something about being told, despite numerous industry peers urging him to stay quiet. Um. Just saw that right now. I, I guess they didn't want him to say anything. Yeah, I see. I see. I, I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah, you see that now. Don't it'll it'll ruin you. Yeah, it'll ruin you. Wow, that's that's dark. That is dark. I mean, you gotta live with it. Might as well tell people, I guess, right? Yeah, that's true. I thought he did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you should tell people. Yeah. I don't know if you should do it on Facebook. Probably but. not. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook. He yeah. seems like he seems like a good guy though, so that that's terrible. Yeah. Poor guy. That's life for him. He's you, had though. it for ten years. Oh, okay. So that's like part of it. I thought he like already like just found out. I didn't see all of it. No, he struggled it with it for ten for ten years on whether he should come out. But since so many oh, people are coming out said. with like stuff, yeah, he's he decided to just come out with it. Yeah. Good luck. I get it. Yeah, I get it too, but Yes, Vanessa, I'm looking at the time, and we've been on for a while. I think it might be time to wrap up the program here. And I, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. It's always nice to have you here and interact with you and let you uh, do your thing. Do my thing. I'm sorry. I was drunk this time. Well, that's okay. I mean, but you caught me off guard when you invited me to call in, and that, I didn't want to tell you. No, that, that's better. I think it's better when people are themselves sometimes intoxicated okay. to some degree i think it adds flavor flavor okay. yeah i like it me too it was fun yeah any any uh final words before i cut you loose here when are you going to come to florida I, your favorite place i really need to go to florida it's a it's a crazy place and i know i'll i'll have a really insane story if i go out there really of course i'll i'll be seeing you if i go out there Oh, that's right. It will be insane. It would be. I would go out there and just have such a, a great time uh, since, you know, I, I've said so many horrible things about Florida. Yeah, that's why you'll have a great time. Hell yes. It, it would be fun. Yes. Hopefully I see someone someone's face being eaten. <laughs> you had to bring that up. Is that the only thing you know about Florida? I, that's all I know. Just people smoking spice and, and eating someone's face. That, that's all I know about Florida. I think that that's what put Florida like on the map. It put them on the map. Weird. For sure. Of being weird. Yes. (laughs) 
My goodness. All right. All righty. Well, I'll talk to you soon, Vanessa. Thanks for being a part of the program and being our Florida correspondent. Anytime. Signing off from Florida. Wonderful. Take care. All right. Bye. And that was Vanessa, our ground correspondent in Florida. Great times. If you're listening to this on a replay, keep in mind you can listen every Saturday night at 8 p.m., sometimes 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the TuneIn radio app. And if you enjoy this program and want to help fund the project, go to michaeldeacon.com and donate whatever amount you'd like. This program completely depends on its listeners. That means you sitting there and listening right now. Share this with your friends and family. I'm Michael Deacon. Thank you for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. Life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were... Giving me like bullshit. Like, you can just see it. It's clear. <laughs> How appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. Maybe our fit. I had no idea this shit existed before 726. Oh, Granny. I like Granny. I'm going to keep it real. A lot of good content. A lot of, a lot of cool topics. You know, I, yeah, I feel, you know, fortunate to have an opportunity to speak to you guys tonight. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my two cents to tell you both that you have one of the most incredibly well-rounded shows. Guess what?